So no pre-roll. Nope. Easy. Awesome. We can put something wacky in here instead. Oh, man. What if you told me what it is? Oh. Well, should we talk about that? Should that be a pre-its or a post-its conversation? What? 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 It's? Oh, some people whose actual job is to say (laughs) what it is know that this podcast takes place in the year 2014. Oh. Unlike last week's oh. Itzer. <laughs> yeah. Fucking scab Itzer. <laughs> Itzer's local. Scab Time Itzer. Time machine. Yeah. Street urchin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. From now on, Sean will be known as scab Itzer. I shouldn't have said his name. Sorry. That's like. Say it three times and he appears. It's a breach You can of go right up until the. Until yeah. <laughs> we all know who I'm talking about because I said his name earlier accidentally. He replied. Uh. What day does this podcast come out? Okay. July 16th, 2014, 14. This, this is Idle Thumbs 167, I think. It probably is. Yeah. I'm the only one who ever does this job. Yeah, so we got to get a, we got as as I want. It turns out you've always been scabbing as date guy or as episode number guy. <laughs> it's true. Anyway, I'm Chris Remo. I'm Jake Rodkin. And I'm Danielle Riendo. And, and again. Yeah. Yeah, I got that and. This was going to be our live DashCon episode, but that went south. Yeah, the payment didn't come through. Oh. <laughs> I don't Dash actually want to talk about DashCon, but I, I kind of do. I don't know the reason to, so we shouldn't talk about it. About I don't. DashCon was a fascinating for something for the most stupid thing that it was. It was fascinating to me, and I don't know why. But we don't need to talk about it. DashCon, a convention for Tumblr people that shat itself last weekend. Uh, <laughs> I went to a real con last weekend. Did it? Shit an itself? actual one, and it did not even shit itself. Oh, that's good. Nice. No, it, it was, was it DashCon. No. <laughs> No, it was like a rainbow explosion. There was no no shit involved at all, you know. All right. Okay, gross. Like, Sounds like you were at GamerX. I was at GamerX. That's right. The most fabulous, literally the most fabulous gaming convention in the world. It's a, I mean, it's basically sort of like an LGBT-focused mm-hmm. gaming convention. Um, I, I dare not use the term PAX-like because it's nothing like PAX, but it, it's sort of like a fan convention. You know, it's definitely sure. people come to cosplay or to play games or to, you know, see new games. And there's yeah, also yeah. people go for the programming. There's a lot of speakers and so on and so forth. A lot of things that are around sort of issues of representation. And it's not just queer stuff. It's it's stuff for like women. It's stuff for, you know, people of color. It's It's really just a big, inclusive sort of conference. And uh, I had a blast and a half. Nice. Yeah, it was really, really fun. You know, I just, I was there covering it somewhat for Polygon. You know, I'm writing a couple of pieces, but really I was also there covering to like have the fun. major platform keynotes. 
Yes, uh, clearly when Sony and Microsoft had their, uh, you know, showdown at the GamerX floor. Yeah, who won GamerX? <laughs> clearly, I think um, uh, it belongs to the cosplayer who was dressed as an, as an old NES console. They did a really amazing job, actually. Right. Yeah, it, it was pretty. So great. Nintendo won Gamer X. <laughs> yeah, basically. Although there were actually two two people who were dressed as um, unrenderable women. Um, it was sort of a joke on the Assassin's Creed. You know, oh, we I can't render, we can't oh, make animate this. women. Yeah, yeah. Just people inside of giant black cubes with an Assassin's Creed belt on. Yeah, yeah I thought that was good. Exactly, yeah. and it was just it just said like boobs too hard to render. You know, like written on the little boxes. That was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, I feel like the cosplayers won, and also just um, I think it was kind of a a vindication for the folks who run GamerX because things weren't. You know, this is public knowledge, but. Uh, it, it didn't look too good for a while. There were no sponsors for a while. You know, they were mm. afraid they were going to lose a lot of money. They were really afraid. You know, they were saying, this is going to be the last one because we're losing sure. so much yeah, money yeah. on this. And then last minute, you know, attendance shot up and cool. a bunch of sponsors kind of came in. Ubisoft, 2K, Riot Games, they all sort of showed up and, you know, sort of attached their brand to it. So that was really nice to see, cool. like, yeah. companies sort of no, putting their money where their, um, yes, their money where their mouth was sort of. Literally putting their money where their mouth sort of yep. is. <laughs> Basically, yes. Uh, <laughs> there's all the mouths and money involved. Um, no, but it was it was really, really great. Uh, and the programming was very, very good. Better than a, a lot of things I feel like I go to. You know, I, sure, I love yeah. GDC. It feels like, you know, when I go to GDC, there's just a tremendous breadth of quality <laughs> in programming. You know, there are talks that are great, and then there are talks that are redundant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's enormous. So, yeah. You know, that happens. So this felt, everything I, I went to at least uh, felt enlightening. And, and this is sort of space I write in every day. So I, that felt really great for me. It wasn't just sort of like a lot of times when you go to panels that are that have to do with inclusion or about, you know, queer characters or feminism or anything representation related. It, it really feels like feminism 101 kind of, you know, women's sure. studies class yeah, 101. Yeah. Uh, but this felt far above and beyond that. So that was really nice to see it too. Cool. Yeah. As far as the stuff that is not talks, I haven't, I haven't actually got, I don't have a sense of what this show is. I mean, is it actually PAX like in that there are game demos, there are places to play? Yeah. Like, is there like tabletop space and stuff yes. like that too? Okay, so it's not just video gaming, it's like all games. Gaming game. Yeah. Game. Gamey game game game. Yeah. It is. I mean, there's there's a room with all card games and board games. So it is very similar to the Penny Arcade, like the earlier scope. Yes, the early PAXs. ones. But without, you know, some but of the But there's not stuff. a lot of Dick Wolf shirts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Exactly. Like, all the sort of volunteers, I spoke with them, and they're good friends of mine who run it, so, you know, it's nice to always be able to see sort of what's going on with that. Um, but I spoke to Tony Roca, who's the president of GamerX, about mm-hmm. this, and they, every volunteer went through, like, a really extensive training about just making people feel included. Sure. Uh, because this is the sort of thing where, like, you know, folks who are non-binary or, or trans or, or what you know, just... All sorts of people are really welcome there, and they really kind of went out of their way to make sure everybody felt welcome, which is really, really nice. And it's it's sort of this thing where, like, you know, um, it was the only gaming conference I can ever imagine being able to, like, be affectionate towards my girlfriend at. And, sure. you know, she's yeah, in the yeah, industry as well. Fucking heckled or Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Or just feeling like I was, you know, the center yeah, of yeah, attention yeah. Right, in without, a room or something. eyes rotating slowly in their sockets. <laughs> Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So that's the that's the appeal for me for sure. And I know, <laughs> you know, there are people there who like they really need kind of a safe space. You know, I whatever I can kind of blend into the world. But like, you know, there are definitely folks who like they really don't feel comfortable in yeah, yeah. in a pretty standard gaming environment. So it's very, very important. So 
That's awesome. Yeah. Really enjoyed myself. That's cool. cool. And they will, sounds like we'll do it again next year. I'm hoping. They don't really know at this point. Yeah, you know, sure, they, they sure. sort of said they were just about broke even with all the sort of last yeah. minute stuff. Events so. are tough. They're expensive. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And this venue is apparently just crazy expensive. Was it, was, it was at the Intercontinental. Oh. Uh, downtown so wow. it was, yeah, it was quite a, fancy yeah, yeah that's a legit hotel <laughs> yeah it was it was very very nice um well run you know all the good stuff so cool. i'm really hoping my fingers are crossed that you know um the game they're making read only memories is like wildly successful and oh, it yeah. helps You've them you know yeah a little bit a little bit it's it's sort of like a queer cyberpunk adventure mm -hmm. so it looks like fun too they're yeah. showing it off cool that doesn't sound like dashcon at all <laughs> this actually happened you know? yeah. <laughs> this doesn't sound like Dashcon at all I thought we were going to talk about Dashcon where was my Dashcon <laughs> you know the ball pit thing that is a thing that I feel like GamerX would benefit from I feel Probably like not from a like mm, six square foot did you see foot... the photos of the ball pit? I did <laughs> the <laughs> one sad person inflatable <laughs> kids swimming pool like the size of a large dinner table yeah yeah deflating with one guy in it, it. it was oh really quite sad the the craziest thing about it is when they were asking for so we don't have to talk about this god damn we it. keep okay here's the problem <laughs> you might as well we just keep, talk we about keep it saying enough about it <laughs> like we keep trying to walk up to the line of not having to explain what this is but then we can't resist continuing to talk oh, no, about it's it it's so outrageous i ah. think i think we should just let it go and just talk about it like, okay like let okay, the but we gotta, go we can't let it go too long we yeah. have to We've talked about aware. the latest game scoops. Yeah. Um, the, when they were, <laughs> when the organizers of DashCon spontaneously just demanded $17,000 from the attendees because they claimed they were going to get kicked out of the hotel or not. And it's completely in, inconclusive, according to reports, as to whether that was true or not. Maybe it was. Um, one of the things I think that they offered. No, this who, was a different thing. Okay. So oh, we have to back thing? up okay. one step. Sorry. DashCon. Was a convention held last weekend in Los Angeles somewhere or somewhere in Southern no, it was California? Like Illinois or something? Oh, is it oh, Illinois? Really? Oh. I thought it was, I thought it was in Southern California for some reason. Oh. Weird. Whatever. It was a convention held somewhere in the United States <laughs> that was intended to be for like some subsets of Tumblr culture. Like they had the way they described themselves was the Tumblr people who like Sherlock, Supernatural, and fucking something else. Welcome to Night Vale was one of the things listed. I think like it, it seemed like it's just. The shows and podcasts that you associate with Tumblr culture. Some people had, did an Indiegogo to try and put on a convention for all of those fans to meet up. They didn't meet their goal, but since it's Indiegogo, they got to keep the money and not give it back. Oh, Harry Potter was the third thing. Of it, course. Was, it was Schomburg, Illinois. Or Squamburg. Wow, I, crazy. It's a perhaps German. Yeah, but yeah, anyway, yeah. needless to say, they charged a bunch of money per ticket for a thing that they told the hotel. Apparently, like six or 7,000 people would show up at, but only... Under a thousand people showed up. Also, they were only admitting five hundred people a day. There was no way this thing was ever going to exist. <laughs> Welcome to Night Vale podcast showed up. Then they were because they were like the headlining act. But then it was revealed that they couldn't be paid for, so they left. Oh my god! There's the photo of the photo that showed up on the internet the most says "Welcome to Dashcon" and it's just an empty warehouse with a ball pit in the middle of it with like yeah. two people standing and next the to it. And the bouncy castle in the background, oh, like a, like a half deflated bouncy yeah. castle. Yeah. Oh my god, it's out of control. It's but so the seventeen thousand dollar thing was the thing that I think made everyone freak out about it. Right. Okay. So there's a separate thing where if you paid, oh, it was if you if you. I think it was people who were bummed out that they were not able to go to the Welcome to Night Vale podcast, mm. 
which was a separate paid ticket on top of your $65 oh, paid ticket. Oh, oh, oh that, okay, that was it. So you were then paid, told you could have you an extra that, hour. You were given an extra hour in the ball pit, yeah. which is just this horrible... You can like, sit, a in, a, swimming you can sit pool. in a child's swimming pool <laughs> yeah. full of plastic balls that only go like up to your ankle. And most yeah. of them are actually outside of yeah, the pool, Yeah, they all fell too. out of the... Oh, my God. <laughs> it's really the saddest ball pit in the world. Oh, my God. It's... It was it was fascinating to look at because it was like it was like a human like it's not a crime scene because like no one is murdered but it's just like a human experience crime scene to look at this and just be like oh my god the attendees of this thing must be terrible yeah. oh my god if you're any of the guests this is terrible if you're yeah. the organizers of this thing it's terrible like everyone's lives mm-hmm. were just yo yeah 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 just fucking well, and one of the crazy things about it off. is that because it is a because it's an event that is built around um extremely um kind of devoted use su- subgroups of a social media website it means that all of the reporting is on blogs and on individual Tumblr accounts and not the news. Like it's never, this is never going to be like notable things. The news does not care about a failed 500 person Tumblr, (laughs) right? Like third party Tumblr, Tumblr, (laughs) Tumblr. He was a Tumblr actually with that ball pit. And within this community itself, like, and within the sort of blogs that cover this kind of thing, the, the volume of reporting on it is like a hundred times what it would be. (laughs) If some other just like right, so, like model train convention it, fails, it gave you the like thrill, no one notices like, ever. But it gave this... you the brief thrill of like investigative journalism and like covering right. a real time tragic event as it's yeah. happening. But it's all just like, oh, this guy kind of vaguely mentions this person's Tumblr account. Oh, they're also talking about it. Now I can right. learn yep. that people gave the fucking Hunger Games salute and you, like to unify right. themselves while singing, when they were, we are the oh champions. Yeah. Well, also like all tweeting aggressively to try and raise seventeen thousand dollars to pay off the extra hotel money yeah. that. They might may or may not have wanted, right? Like, but just following that stupid web, because oh, yeah. like, Tumblr's already set up like that, where you look at a post and you realize it's like the ninetieth nested post right. inside eighty nine other reblogs, <laughs> you know, and like, it's, yeah, it's crazy. I, you and I, Jake, spent hours on Sunday, yeah, like, was... piecing through all the. But I think actually at the time before it had made it onto. A lot of actual like blogs. Yeah, it was just people were tweeting about it, so we followed those yeah. to a couple tumblers, and then found people talking about other tumblers inside of those tumblers. Yeah, and it was the stupidest thing. But it, yeah, and then a fake tumbler called Dashcon Staff popped up. Oh my god! <laughs> like just further exacerbating it um, with like satirical things that were posing as real claims. If it was about something more interesting, it's the sort of thing that you would expect to be like a 90s majestic style arg like interactive experience, <laughs> except that it's just about or how... Or like a 10-page wired feature. Right, <laughs> except that it, yeah, well, I mean, experiencing it in real time feels like oh, oh, oh. like you're inside of a constructed thing where you're finding out the truth about this story as it unfolds, <laughs> except that it's about people, like, it's about nothing. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. If it also was about something more interesting... Like had Dashcon been like security professionals or something, right? Like, yeah, then, yeah, it, yeah, then yeah. it would be a ten-page uh, wire yeah. featurette that doesn't quite make the cover, but is right. is called out on the cover. Yeah, it's fascinating. It's just the internet in real life. Basically. The thing about so it, yeah, like absolutely, it, you know, <laughs> because of the, the the aspect that you described though about the digging through, like the fact that it's it's a convention about the semi-ephemeral pseudo-anonymous medium. Mm -hmm. Then the coverage of it is semi-ephemeral and pseudo-anonymous. That's the part that actually makes it interesting to turn into a wired feature. Not the actual collapse of the event, but the uh, documentation of the collapse of the event. That, but you you also, if I were writing this as a wired feature, 
you would tie that. If anyone's listening at Wired. (laughs) You would tie that thematically in to the impossibility of this like dream of taking something that you love because of this weird interconnected intangibility of it and concretizing it into the real world. Oh, and so like, this is a Tumblr cannot actually be brought into our world yes, story at it the same absolutely time? Is, yeah. Because this is the thing that people on the internet love. Like this is, in fact, I think what a lot of Silicon Valley is about too, is getting yourself wrapped up into this idea that like this completely abstract idea you have and, or like this silly concept that you think, w- that you think is incredible inside this like very insular community you have that might in fact be incredible in the context of that community, right? Like these people have their own community in Tumblr and that's fine. That's, I'm not saying that's like a bad thing, but there's definitely something about social media and the way people interact in, with, with it in modern technology that leads people to extrapolate that out into thinking that this can then become a real world incredible phenomenon yeah. like right. in physical space which is why we have so many stupid apps that don't do anything useful <laughs> and why people you know and why people unfortunately like in this case get are like heartbroken because they try to take this like completely like, this community that only ex- that only the glue of this community only exists because of the parts of it that do not exist in real life yeah well that's- which as you say is like the pseudo anonymity the like infinite repeatability with, yep. with with nested reblogs and things like that, um, and and then of course it's not going to work when you put it into the waveform fucking collapses as soon as it yep. as soon as you have to render it in three D. It also like oh I like that metaphor a lot. Yeah, you did it. <laughs> Hearing that, like the reason that I mean that I well the reason that I'm thinking about it is because I wanted to claim this was a failed Dashcon episode at the beginning of the episode, but <laughs> the thing that made me keep thinking about it though was was Danielle talking about about gamer x because those two events happening on the same weekend and one of them feeling like it was teetering on the edge of like Mm. it's either going to completely collapse and just there's going to be no record of it or it's going to succeed and be made like it's it was material and existed and is over now like dashcon for all of the stupid stuff about it and the fact that i'm sure had more competent people been running it or trying to conceive of it or whatever scale issues it had it gives you respect for the continued existence of things like Gamer X and yeah, like the XOXO yeah. and even yeah. and like PAX, which is PAX is a fucking five expo institution now and has yeah. all sorts of has all of the hideous problems that come with becoming a five <laughs> expo institution. But like when that thing started, it was probably very similar to what maybe two X the attendance of Dashcon would have looked like. You think so? I think when PAX the first PAX was in like the Bellevue tiny, Convention wasn't Center, it? yeah. yeah. Hmm. It was only a few hundred people. Yeah, they, I don't they, think they, I was very aware of it. It didn't even start in Seattle. Yeah, it was small. Huh. But um, I'm, I don't know. It's yeah. No, I mean, I think you're probably right. I, uh, yes. I mean, running anything like this is harrowing. Running anything in life is harrowing. That's actually a more generalized <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> version of sort of being accustomed to doing things on the internet, where everything just kind of facilitates itself. And if something on the internet fails nothing happens right like i mean yeah. <laughs> it doesn't affect anything really i mean it you could be bummed about it but like it's like, not it, going to like cascade into the indiana jones boulder before it was there and after it's gone it. no additional space is being used in any in any yeah, possible the, definition yes, because of that. the internet is infinitely big there yeah. is no space to take up there's no rarity of space right and like scarcity of space is what makes this stuff hard to do because it actually costs money to rent a hotel room because space is not infinite in the real world. Um, and people need to travel, which is also one of yes, the biggest. Exactly. They have know. to traverse space. Um, 
but uh but like yeah in a in a in a more generalized sense it's so easy to forget how hard it is to make actual tangible things happen when you spend all your time only making digital things as sure. we all do basically yeah. <laughs> um for the most most of the time anyway um once that like runs into reality it's just a totally different thing um and yeah like when you can manage to take an event like as you know Danielle you described with GamerCon like the fact that they pulled that out at the end is awesome and probably actually the reality of that is that that's probably testament to the fact that before it was a lock that it was going to go off well probably actually they were just doing it right in the first place which is what created the conditions that allowed it to be saved at the end right yeah because it's and probably you don't, well you, they were they were aware of the fact that it needed to be saved probably yes, exactly yes, whereas that's, very much yes. so whereas they're just being like i'm here i guess everyone else will probably be here soon <laughs> right yeah exactly yeah i like, mean they ran a smaller convention last year you know and, and it was probably it was in i don't remember the venue but I, I remember it being a much smaller venue and they sort of you know felt like oh that was a good you know kind of test run yeah uh and now we'll bring it up you know to this level so on and so forth totally and there's no guarantee that those last minute things will come in but they're only going to come in if you've done your due diligence yeah. ahead of time and create the conditions that allow that to happen. Yeah. And that's, I think a thing a lot of people don't um, necessarily fully appreciate when they take their kind of intangible idea and try to realize it as something fully constructed. And that really applies, I guess, to digital stuff as well, not just real world stuff, but like going through that whole process of thinking through the variables to the best that well, you can. Once your is... idea requires any amount of your own infrastructure creation, it becomes yes, or like support system creation. Mm -hmm. If it's like, I mean, uploading a YouTube video of yourself talking into a webcam that's built into your computer, and I don't mean this to be disparaging to that, which is what it's about to sound like, is the easiest path to creating content. The yeah. moment that you have to yeah. purchase an external camera and film something and edit it, the chances of that not happening basically like skyrocket quadruple skyrocket. yeah <laughs> yeah and then just extrapolate out from there to you're putting on a convention or you're mm -hmm. a band that's touring or totally. whatever yep. you know like mm -hmm. i don't know mm -hmm. yeah there are more and more steps that either that either rely on yourself to create additional infrastructure or work with, uh, with a, in a more complex pipeline or have additional external dependencies on other people who have man, to do the same man those are all points of complication and potential failure watching dashcon explode in real time <laughs> The thing that I, well, I mean, I thought about two, I thought about a million things, but one of the things that it definitely made me think about is when I worked at Telltale, I was on like the booth crew because I was, when the company was uh -huh. small, I was in in the like marketing and web NPR and mm -hmm. events group, which was like four people. But like, it made me immediately think to my memories of being at Comic-Con and PAX and E3 and whatever else and seeing like the two people who we knew were our contacts there just running around with a headset in and like 15 clipboards and being like, but like <laughs> right. seeing Dashcon explode made me more tangibly understand what those people were actually doing. Right. It, Cause you can read about every single failure point happening. Mm -hmm. It's like, yep. it's like the disaster yeah, yeah, movie exactly. where it's like, we didn't even know these systems were here right. until they all turned <laughs> until off they one all after failed, the other. Right? And you're like, Oh, that's what that guy was doing. Right. I see it now that it's gone. Yeah. That's exactly true. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. The convention talk is surely not that interesting to people after a certain point, but it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't anyway, not think about it. There was a successful and an unsuccessful <laughs> convention this weekend. Yeah, GamerX sounds really cool. I didn't, I wasn't entirely aware that it was happening until everyone who I know in San Francisco in the gaming community just said they were there having a really good time, and all the photos of it looked amazing. And yeah. then I felt stupid for not going to it. Oh. 
Apparently there was a lot of that on Twitter. Tony, the president of uh, GamerX, was, was saying like, you know, they were almost like consoling people on Twitter as much as they were tweeting about the convention. You know, there were so many people being like, oh, this looked fun. I didn't realize this was Marketing's happening. hard when you don't yeah. have a big institution. It's behind. tough. I mean, I'm, I'm going to say a thing that sounds inadvertently shitty. But when the convention is called GamerX, G-A-Y-M-E-R-X, the aspects of the convention that are not specifically issue focused, but are just like, this is also just a general convention that is inclusive and has conversations about that in it and is aware of that. Yeah. That's such a, that's a way more complicated thing to convey than you can possibly convey. And the name Gamer X probably doesn't do it a lot of favors in explaining the aspects of it that are just like the just middle fun. of the, the middle yeah. of the Venn diagram that includes every single person who likes this stuff. Yeah, for sure. Is like, and who isn't just hostile to... Yeah, to, right, yeah. exactly. Because, you know, uh, so many people who were there were not queer, you know. They were just sure. yeah, of interested in, in hanging out and, like, you know, seeing Anita Sarkeesian talk about being right. a woman on the internet or, or to see Sean Allen talk about, you know, people of color making games right. and things like that. So I'm also not trying to say that's why I didn't go, because right. that's not why it was, but it's... <laughs> until I saw everyone post all the stuff from what was inside of it, I had no idea what was inside of it. Sure, yeah. But now that one has happened at the scale that it has happened, I suspect if they can pull it off, if they can pull off another one, the attendance will probably go up based on the perception of, of like, or just based on what, like, my perception of sort of what social media was doing during that event, which was people just going, holy shit, why am I not at this? Like, this is awesome. Yeah. yeah, totally. There was there was really good buzz, and yeah, I would love to see more people go to that sort of thing just because it's so all-inclusive you know it really kind of doesn't matter who you are what you are it was just like come as you are everybody's happy let's all be happy that's awesome (laughs) magical for the game industry you know but does it have a diversity lounge (laughs) (laughs) the whole thing is the diversity lounge oh man Hmm. yeah (laughs) yep there was there was plenty of uh you know I mean, I go to PAX sometimes, you know, and I've enjoyed it and so on and so forth. And there are definitely a lot of people in sort of communities I'm in online who are against, you know, going to PAX at all and, you know, giving them your money. And I think there are fair arguments either way for that sort of thing. But this really did feel like um, a good PAX, you know, like yeah, like yeah. this this would be PAX if I, you know, had everything I wanted out of it, basically. It kind of felt very tailor-made to like somebody like me who just is super happy to be there and see all these things that cater kind of to me, but also to many, many, many other people. Did so. you play the sweet games? I did. Although I didn't really play too much at Gamer X, but I played sweet games. Okay, good. What what kind of sweet games? Sweet games. I'm reviewing a game right now that's pretty sweet, Are but it has some issues. It? Yes, I think so. It just came out today, so I'm pretty sure I can talk about it. The embargo was like last night at yeah, midnight, so... It's called. I declare it to be fine. I declare it fine. I get fired tomorrow. <laughs> I declare that not. No, Chris I know declares that embargo busted. Embargo. Bust that embargo, Danielle. <laughs> bust that embargo. Um, oh man, bust your embargo, please, in your Rhode Island accent. Jake has not heard this bargo. presumably, unless you listen to the episode. I listen to choice pieces. Yeah. <laughs> I, I also was was asked to do my my native accent on on the. Uh, Bomb in the AM yesterday morning. Oh, nice. it was, on it was pretty fun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, well, okay. The game is called Abyss Odyssey. Yeah. It is the new game. Oh, should I do this in my accent? Do whatever you I want. Don't. It's your day. <laughs> it's up to you. I'll I'll 
I'll like weave into it sure. know, as we go. Uh, it's by the it's by the uh, the team that made Xeno Clash and Rock of Ages. Yeah. I don't know if anybody remembers that one. I absolutely remember yeah. both of those. Yeah. That team is crazy. What is I, the team's name? Ace Team. Ace, Ace team. team, man. They're with the Chile. weirdest. Yeah, they're Chilean. Yeah. yeah. With their logo that's like a weird sort of morph into playing card yeah, shapes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's really like cool. Um, I like Rock of Ages, even though I was it's, I mean all the games are too. cool but have well, issues, right? Right. Xeno yes. Clash I thought was better than Rock of Rock of Ages was like a cool idea that they yep. basically put on the screen. Xenoclash, I thought, yeah. was a little more substantial. But um, but I like this team a lot because I like any indie team. Wasn't Xenoclash or- also the game? Sorry, I, to interrupt no, you again. Ahead, Wasn't Xenoclash the game that was supposed to be like it was a tiny slice of their like ultimate xeno lords world experience oh, right. or something. something yeah. like oh maybe yeah, i can't yeah. remember anyway the full thing they yeah. made we, a second one too yeah they did yeah, they made I two games really play for some reason um you were gonna say something about them being an indie team oh i was just gonna say i really respect how far afield they go with every game they make yeah like they don't settle they that team has never settled into one particular art style or one particular kind of right. game at all. An ace team game is only recognizable because it is insane. Right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. for sure. Basically. Um, and I didn't even, I had never even heard of this game until an hour ago. Basically, <laughs> Danielle, 10 minutes before you, you got to the office, yeah. I saw a tweet from Steve saying, what, there's a new game by the Xenoclash guys and it's already out? And then upon seeing that tweet, my brain went, what, there's a new game by the Xenoclash guys <laughs> and it's already out? Um, yeah. So the answer is yes to So Steve what is this video yes game? There is. Yeah, okay. So it um it's very much an ace team game. Like absolutely all the way. Weird. In that it's totally weird, it has its own style, it has its own weird lore, and it's a mix of like six weird different lore. genres. Yeah. It's it's actually really cool. I, again, I, I feel I think I feel pretty much the way you both do about like they always make interesting, colorful, weird, slightly insane games that all have kind of issues, you know, some gameplay sure. issues. But they're so much fun to just sort of dive into and see what the hell is going on in the, you know, in the team members' minds when they were making this. So this is a, let me see if I can get every genre here in one yeah. sentence. It's I, basically a roguelike platformer in the vein of Spelunky. It's also what? an. It's Wait also. A okay, so I, <laughs> I started to read. A description of this game to try to figure out what it was yeah and it was a lot of describing and i still didn't know what it was and also none <laughs> of it even touched on that so this game is clearly yep indescribable. i'm not even like a quarter of the way to, yeah, to what no, goes okay, on in this sorry. game so you that's, that's you sort of the my dis- interest yes i mean i figured that might might interest you it's also a brawler slash arena sort of style fighting game okay and an rpg yeah sure <laughs> what isn't why not yeah well, these days, yeah. I mean, I mean, please, There's RPG, everything, you know, basically. What you do, basically, you have a hero character. Uh-huh. Uh, her name is Katrien. When okay. you when you begin the game, it takes place in sort of like an alt history nineteenth century Chile. Uh, and Good. there is Good. a all right, <laughs> well, um, and there is a warlock who Good. is sleeping and dreaming, and his dreams are becoming reality in the real world. All these mythical monsters are running around. There's like centaurs running around and ants okay. running around and all these strange creatures. Ent? E-N-T. Like ents. giant trees from Lord of the Rings. Exactly. Okay. Giant trees that beat people up. There's <laughs> all just, sorts of things. Hopefully they're just street thugs who just walk around beating people up. Basically. In, that... in this game, it's kind of how they are. Yes. Basically. All right. <laughs> Keep going. Still still down. Yeah. Katrien, the the heroine, is also a dream from the warlock. So she is able to sort of fight them effectively. That's that's the entire Mm. premise of the game. So his dream is like developing antibodies. 
Sort of, yeah. She is the white blood cell to his yeah. warlock evil, basically. You jump into the abyss as it Wait, is. Wait, so he's a bad guy? Sort of, but he's also somewhat sympathetic. You, okay. Let me let me explain even He's cleaning further. up his own mess with his fantasy lady in his right. brain. Although they, they can have some fights along the way. Apparently, she is also his wife. It, it, there are levels, <laughs> levels upon levels upon levels. Is she also his arm? Oh, my God. That, oh, my God. That was the Bionic Commando yes. <laughs> remake, wasn't it? Yep. It was really hard. Dead wife long. arm. Yeah, dead wife arms. Um, I, I haven't uh, encountered any lore that says she's physically part of his body, but, you know, I, I wouldn't put it past. I mean, dreams are just like synapses and shit, right, man? Yeah, you know, it's all physical. I don't know what dreams are. <laughs> synapses and shit. I mean, yeah, it's all chemicals, man. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going at this. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're going, you're, you already went there and you've returned. <laughs> We're already back. All right. Uh, so you jump into the abyss, and the abyss is a uh, twelve or so. Yeah, you can it gaze into back. it, and then you then you play it. With like 12-ish, I mean, it depends on which path you go. There are sort of three main paths. One is a harder path. One is a more moderate path. One is the easiest path. They're all randomly generated platformer stages where all these creatures will attack you in between jumping over lava and, you know, avoiding ice falling from the sky, things like that. It's got the classics covered as long as well as all the other weird shit. Basically, <laughs> yes. And there are also things like fish that sort of swim through the air and freeze you. There's a lot of fish imagery in this game that you you never Seems quite know like a where thing it's coming. That team would be into yeah weird fish, weird fish that fly around the screen. There's I buy, a lot of I'm that. Not, that doesn't surprise me. In the is this game is it made in 3D? Like is it is it rendered like a 3D thing? I mean it's a it's a 2D game. The art might be rendered. I saw in 3D screenshots and, then, and it looked like they were. But does everyone like have it, the sort of gummy looking skin that other Ace Team games have? <laughs> sort of. That's actually the thing that I identify most with as Ace Team yeah, stuff. Is that I know they what you're have, talking about. Everything has a weird like, like matte. Almost, or like, it's like it's yeah. like, kind of just looks like it's made out of clay. Oh yeah, I know what you're like, talking about. A little bit. Like starting to dry so like it's perspiring a little bit but it's also just kind of just dry and looks like if you pushed into <laughs> any of it it would like just sort of like, leave oh, a dent. Yeah. yeah, leave a dent or like um, do the thing that Play-Doh does where it kind of starts to split a little bit. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like all their flesh just mm-hmm. looks bleh. a little, yeah, <laughs> like a little Play-Doh-y, a little dusty. Do you think yeah. it's intentional? I don't know. I hope it is. I actually think the art in this game is really beautiful. Um, it's, it's got like 2D stuff overlaid on top of what looks like 3D. Yeah. <laughs> possibly. The things might be rendered in 3D. But, but then, like, 2D graphics also overlaid on top of it. So you run and jump over platforming stuff while fighting street thug living trees that want to beat the shit out of you. And centaurs and sea monsters and vomiting and zombies. And fish. Yeah, and freezing fish. And also, there there's definitely an enemy that is, I believe, is actually from Chilean lore, and it's Voladora, I think, is the name of the creature. It sort of, like, has the head of a bird but the legs of a person, <laughs> and it sort of, like, dives at you with its beak. And the combat is actually really, really intense in this game. You know, I was sort of expecting it to be a brawler. You know, when I first sort of loaded up, I was like, as much as everybody hates these things, it's like easy, you know, uh, to describe things this way. Uh, um, You know, like I thought it was kind of going to be like Dragon's Crown mixed with Spelunky or something Mm -hmm. like that. It's much more like, like. yeah, and it is very much what the art looks like, only less disgusting. Like the women characters are not like their boobs are not bigger than their heads the way Dragon's Crown was for sure. Um, 
but it's much more like Smash Brothers. It, it feels more like playing what? Smash Brothers. I know, what? I know. Believe me, like, huh? It feels like controlling <laughs> a fighting Flunky. game. Smash Brothers. Danielle says as she winks at each person in the room. Right. <laughs> and then also, Dota. The boss are <laughs> I know. I'm like, where's Sean? Sean just busts through the door. There's also a lot of Dota in this game. I guess the art is almost a little you know, high fantasy like color palette. Dota-ish. Yeah, it's very colorful, very bright. If it has a hat store in it, then Sean will also <laughs> be intrigued. There are many hats in this game, for sure. Um, I did not actually... So, the game comes together fairly well, but it doesn't kind of stick the landing. You know, like, there are all yeah, these their, mechanics. That's their deal, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, that's kind of what you expect going into one of these games. Yeah. But it is very fun. I've, you know, I've spent 12 or so hours with it so far and i've really enjoyed most of those hours there's co-op too which makes it a lot more fun um the ai kind of ranges from horribly stupid to way too good you know there, mm. there's a lot of ai balance issues for sure and and the platforming is is a little milk toast it's not it's not really the focus of the game even yeah, though it I'm not, looks I'm like not it buying is. the spelunky claim because yeah it's more just levels are like intricate and crazy this looks a lot more you just mean more in that yeah. it's a randomly generated platform. exactly yeah. just roguelike yeah. platformer and i guess Splunky's not really stuff. a platformer necessarily but the levels are intricate yeah and it has you know the, the sort of roguelike element where um when you die you die you just go back to the beginning of the abyss basically mm -hmm. and you have to go through the whole thing again yeah uh, you do get to keep your experience points which is nice so you are leveling up your character with every kill you get xp um but you don't get to keep your equipment or anything like that so and you're getting money you're getting treasure you know sort of the standard things for this kind of genre um i i I'm torn on it. I really like playing it. Yeah. But I feel like there are definitely areas where, like... What was the best fight that you got in, in that game? <laughs> oh, God, there was an Ent. What is the sickest fight? There was an Ent I was fighting. Yeah. And I used my power. And you also have upgradable abilities and powers and so on and so forth. I used my power to capture the Ent and turn myself into the Ent. And then I beat up whatever the other creatures were that I... Nice. Used. That was probably the coolest fight I've gotten into. That's and you get to fight the warlock himself at the end of the, you know, at the end of the, the abyss. So that's always kind of fun. He has a lot of fish flying around too. Again, I don't know what it is with the fish. That's <laughs> fine. I, it's just his So attack. you're fighting him inside his own dream? Yes. And he has this weird tree mask well, it's, form. His dream is becoming manifest in real life. Yes. So are you inside the head of the warlock or not? Probably not. You're probably in real life and just his dreams are projecting out of his body I, and becoming real. So do you fight him like asleep? Do you just like punch him in the face as he's yeah, lying is he in bed? asleep? Or is he having waking you dreams? You fight his form. You fight his like mental conception of And then when you beat his form, you actually walk over to his physical sleeping oh, man. normal body. Spoilers. Spoilers. <sighs> I'm sorry. I bet you wake up the warlock and he goes... <laughs> Ugh. And Sorry, then it deletes guys. your computer. And then, yep. <laughs> well, I mean, this is the sort of thing like if you have a good run, if you get all the way through, this is what you do every ninety minutes. So it's not really like a, I guess it's, it's a spoiler. Like, if it's you like play more than in that ninety way, minutes, right? you beat exactly. this, like big yeah. boss. And then... Yeah, it's exactly like that. <laughs> and then the so. warlock sort of. Oh, 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 about that. Four, delete local content. And, and then the game, then he falls asleep as the game is uninstalling itself. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that would be taking it to the next level. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. To play the next 90 minute run, purchase this game. <laughs> <laughs> the game just has recursive DLC where you buy the game again as DLC inside the game. And every time you buy it again, you're buying DLC for the previous the previous game that you bought as DLC. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Volodora. What is that? Sorry. 
it's a Chilean oh. magical creature that's half yeah. bird, half man, all angry at Those you. Those guys like that as a theme for sure because um, as, I, as I recall, Xenoclash had a bunch of characters with kind of beak-like appendages yeah. and kind of weird totally bird-like did. features even though they weren't birds necessarily they were kind of humanoids yeah there's there's a lot of cool stuff i mean there's there's just so many things that are also thrown into this game like there is a dude who is a skeleton he's a skeleton man strumming a, a flamenco guitar and he gives you shitty advice for 100 for 100 coins he just says things like you know like it, it, just random shit like, i've heard enough about this game that i feel like i at least i want to look at it before i know too maybe much more about what's going on in it do you yeah. have any interest chris and actually i mean danielle if you want and trying to stream this game at some time in the next like yeah. week or couple yeah, that weeks, would actually be really great because yeah. i feel like this game unfolding would be worth mm-hmm. would be worth yeah, documenting um okay have you guys have either of you played any more shovel knight since yes, two I weeks ago okay that's the only game i've played since last week oh really um i've played some phone stuff i guess i want to i i don't have a whole lot to talk about in regards to shovel knight but it reminded me of a bunch of stuff i wanted to talk about but sure. did you have anything else uh, other than um, what, did you guys talk about it last week at all no i don't think okay um yeah we talked about it two weeks ago though. yeah so i like shovel knight a lot i feel like i'm starting to reach the point i reach in a lot of games though where i'm getting diminishing returns of just my personal enjoyment how far in are you at this point um i've beat half the bosses okay and it has that kind of Mega Man style boss thing where the bosses kind of mark your progress through the game, right? I mean, that's yeah. how I interpret it. Um, so are you like you're up to and possibly pa- and past the second village and yes, stuff like that? Yes, okay. buy armor and, and weapons and stuff. Yeah. That's what you mean? Yeah. yeah. Uh, yes, I've gotten there and bought some stuff. Um, and I, I really like this game a lot. I think this game is great and I would recommend it. Um, I'm starting to kind of get a little weary though, I suppose. Um, there are a lot of things that a lot of games like this have that I'm I I never personally find very effective like um there's an enemy type in this game that's kind of I think it's like a rat or something some kind of rodent where when it hits the ground it explodes it hits the ground and explodes uh. and it also kind of jumps at you in a way that just makes the whole expi- that the jumping combined with the hitting the ground and exploding just makes those encounters feel really erratic in a way that isn't satisfying oh, wait, what do, what do, what do the rats feel like so scary. I don't know what you're asking. Oh, no, you described <laughs> you described them using a word, their behavior. Did I say super erratic? You just said erratic. Oh, <laughs> you just said erratic. Rat. Erratic oh, rats. Jesus Christ. Okay, thanks, Jake. <laughs> Wait, one. that's my next uh, platformer, animal <laughs> I was, platformer. I was jumping I to all the points in my brain to try and figure out what you could be chastising me for. Uh, I didn't know. Did I say super? Yeah. <laughs> um, bespoke. Yeah. Oh, God. These bespoke rat encounters. Actually, I fucking <laughs> wish they were more bespoke than they are. <laughs> I guess you can't really be more of a joke. You're either that or not. But um, like they, being a little bit pregnant. <laughs> they, right. They feel um, I just and I, I eventually just got good at them, but I got good at them in the rote way that, has, you know what I mean? That that yep. I feel like, OK, it was a pain in the ass for a while. Now I just kind of get how to do it. But it, at no point during that curve did I find it that interesting. Um, yeah, the times in that game where you are able to sort of slow down and look at a room, I wish that the enemies collided with each other and with the world more. Yeah, exactly. And maybe I'm just spoiled because of Spelunky in that regard, because that game is all about that. And this game is just not at all. Um, like, I, I, there's an enemy type where, I think I actually meant, even mentioned this enemy before, where they have a, a shield that they can hold yeah. in front, behind, or above them. And you can, be, just because of the way your weapon works, the shovel, you can use it as sort of a pogo stick and bounce off 
certain world objects as well as enemies. And typically you do damage when you bounce off of enemies, but you don't against these guys usually because they generally, once you start to descend on them, they put their shield up. So then you're bouncing just continually on their shield as long as you keep pogoing on their shield. And when you bounce on them, you uh, apply a very small like physics impulse. So you can actually like skid them around by bouncing on them towards their edge. You'll push them in the other direction. Um, and when I did that, I'm like, oh, this is cool. This is kind of an interesting um, kind of just byproduct of the systems of the game. I like stuff like this. And I was on a platform that had a kind of um, an, like a fireball emitter from the ground, you know, that just every right, two seconds or Right, you want to push the guy into the yeah, flame. Yeah, and I, and I pushed, <laughs> I pogoed on the guy and pushed him all the way into the flame, and he just didn't take any damage because those things just don't interact. You know, yeah. the, the fire only does damage to you. And I'm like, oh, man, what a what a good moment that would have been if I had like made three different systems in this game yeah. all interact, you know, the fireball thing, the pogo stick thing and his shield thing. If I'd made those all interact in a way that the world would do damage to him, that would be so cool. Uh, and it just, you know, it didn't happen, which in itself is not a criticism of the game necessarily. Right. It's just that the number of hours I've now spent several hours playing this game. And I feel like at this point, I I either want them to I either want there to be more depth to to keep up with my understanding of the game or I just want the game to kind of wrap itself up because I don't at this point I don't really feel like I'm getting new things out of it I'm just doing more of what's there yep and I don't mean that to be a huge negative point against Shovel Knight specifically because I like this game a lot um this is just a feeling I get with a lot of games and it's just kind of I guess inevitable with this type of game where it's just keep doing this thing. And there's a lot of levels of it, right? Games where it's like play just a bunch of levels. This is, I feel like is just almost inevitable um, unless the game is really clever or um, paced unusually well or short or something like there has to be something yeah. to mitigate that, you know? And yeah, no, I, I mean, because of that for me, shovel Knight has now turned into the, like I take a few cracks at the level that I'm on and then I just don't play it anymore. But I like when the yeah. first half of that game, I just plowed through it. And now it's just like, it's the same with me. Like, yeah. oh, I'm, you know, I'm done eating dinner and there's nothing going on for a half hour. Maybe I'll like try yeah. to beat this mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah night, whatever he is. Um, have you played it? Daniel? No, I haven't, but well, I, I am actually really tempted to play it. You because should check it out. You should, yeah. you should it's definitely worth I mean, playing. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't want to undersell it. It's, uh, I, the amount I enjoyed the first several hours was high, you know? Okay. So, yeah. Which, yeah, it's totally that's worth honestly diving plenty in. of time for me anyway. Like I don't need to play a game for eight hours or whatever to yeah. have enjoyed it. The thing that Shovel Knight was making me think about was, well, it's because we had the, we started, like we talked about some of the similar Spelunky versus Shovel Knight platforming, like Spelunky kind of spoiling you for plat on platformers and stuff. Uh, not you, Chris, but just people who yeah. like yeah. potentially someone. Like once you see yeah. <laughs> all of those things working as harmoniously as they do in Spelunky, you you are kind of saddened when you don't when you when your brain starts predicting them as as a given in other games and they're not there. Um, but the place that I jumped from there was kind of simultaneously with Shovel Knight. Shovel Knight emulates an, uh, a Nintendo game or emulates the spirit of a Nintendo game. And it's it's so close to a Nintendo game that they could, they'd have to make a couple aesthetic concessions, mm -hmm. but they could oh, probably sure. build Shovel Knight as an NES cartridge, and it would just go. Like, it would it work. feels like yeah. the complexity of later era you mean NES if games. If they didn't have like computation issues and stuff like that, like if the hard limits 
were not there. I mean, I mean, they probably would have to concede things aesthetically to make it work, but like the density, the design, of, the basic design, the could, density of the levels, the number of enemies on yeah, screen, sure. the basic design of the game could be a reasonably complicated and robust Nintendo game, probably. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I suspect that that made me wonder about Spelunky, because Spelunky <laughs> is a game that you would never conceive of in its entirety in the era of the Nintendo. Right. But now that someone using modern technology, modern development, and the last 20 years of game design evolution, now that Spelunky exists, you could probably conceptually backport it to the to the NES. Mm-hmm. Especially when you think... Yeah. when you I Like mean, at the Game Maker one, especially. Yeah, the Game Maker one is... Um, an interesting thing about the Game Maker... I, I've never personally enjoyed the Game Maker version of Spelunky for whatever reason. I know there are people who love it, and that's fine. I just have a hard time controlling it. But um, it's a really cool illustration of jake the thing you're describing because it's essentially the same game you know it's just right. de- it's demonstrating how little fidelity you need to create something of that complexity which yeah. is i guess you know is basically what you're saying yeah i was i was thinking about it in terms of like the hypothetical scenario where you somehow have like a wormhole yeah. back through time yeah, where you yeah, can yeah. make one spelunky cartridge for the nes now right, right. and send it back <laughs> in time and just ruin all children <laughs> but that also I mean, I don't have anywhere that I'm going with this, but it, it just... Imagine what a crazy... What the landscape of video games would if look Spelunky like. If Spelunky just in 89... of Super Mario Brothers... Yeah, fuck. Video games would be fucking weird now. Yeah. <laughs> it's impossible to even think about what that would be yeah, like. It was completely impossible. I mean, it would, be, it would mean something like Super Mario Brothers would be weird and interesting and different because it was designed specifically by hand. You know, it would be like... That would be the anomaly yeah. out of, out of yeah. games, which is... Which actually was, be, that you know, was an anomaly about that game already at the time. That's true. You know, yeah. so like, yeah, if not, that, if that, not so much that it was designed, but that there was so much of it that was right. designed. Well, that it was linear, that it was like start and then go all the way to the end and then it ends instead of like stage that repeats or, you know, just like stuff like but that. But like, like things like Pitfall paved the way for Super Mario Brothers to a certain degree. Like Pitfall has true. set that, levels. That's sure. True. You're right. Yeah. You're right. But like, if that just suddenly was like, it's random. But not only, not necessarily because it's cheaper to make it random, which is, I imagine, why like you would potentially do that on an Atari, but actually because it's a deliberate design decision and we're using it to do all right. these things. That that was crazy. But just the 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 thought of, or I just I like it when people take all of the knowledge that you have now and then apply it earlier, like in yeah. really practical, <laughs> shitty software examples. It's like when I worked in like a lot in desktop publishing, doing graphic design, early web design, newspaper design. If I like the computer that I had at home was always like the hand-me-down of my mom's that she used to like to write her master's thesis or that she used to grade papers. And I, it was still a Mac so I could run Photoshop and I could run PageMaker, which I had pirated copies yeah, of. PageMaker. Excellent. But um, like in, um, <laughs> I was on yearbook in high school. In high school, I worked at a graphic design place and in college I worked in, in publication and did like some video editing as mm-hmm. part of my, my major and stuff. But it was always really cool to be able to be on newer equipment and be able to iterate my ideas so much more quickly. Uh, yeah. And then I would learn techniques on the faster computers that I could then go home and I could execute in one stroke and skip the fact that it was going to be like 10 hours of having to learn to <laughs> right. do the thing that only takes an hour on a really good computer. Um, like <sighs> there was an example recently of some guy who did this amazing hack where he was playing full motion, full like full resolution video playback on an IBM 8088 or like Whoa. a PC AT. Oh man, I think I saw this. Where it was like a the, similar thing. his first demo of it was just using ASCII text, but it was 
like it was managing to re- to refresh the screen at 30 frames a second playing video through ASCII. And then this year he did a, an updated demo that plays full res, like full res in quotes for that computer. Sure. Res that the computer is. Yeah, like the of. maximum yeah. res that this computer could display. The maximum frame rate that you need for broadcast video, and it looked pixely as fuck. Like it looked really weird. Yeah, it looked like it looked like a fucking cyberpunk video. festival. <laughs> but like, nice. there's no way that a person would be able to conceive of that being a possibility at the time. At the time, yes. In part, just because you could not even encode that video to play it back. Like to encode that it's, video to play it back would yeah. take exactly. 500 of those computers. But now you can be like, just barf it out of your fucking media encoder that comes with your Creative Cloud subscription. Yeah. So like, it's easy to conceive of the idea and it's easy to test but like the can like which the thing that yeah man i don't even know where i'm going with this other than i think it's cool well that's like the entire the entirety of the demo scene is yeah a less specific and extreme yeah version it's of just, that, right it, it's like taking taking hardware that people were using 20 30 years ago and doing things on it that nobody could have oh, seen the place possible the place that the i wanted to go with it because yeah. I, I heard you talk about it for a minute last week and said you wanted to wait but is that wing commander an x-wing-esque flight simulator oh game? yeah 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 wings of saint uh, was there? Say is there? Yeah, because that's a game. It it's it's closer to the shovel light side of this, mm-hmm. where it's like you Much could. Closer, yeah. There's no point in backporting Wings of Saint Nazaire, but at the same time, it's it's got that same kind of idea where it's taking the ideas and f- like core fundamentals of one of those lo- of a low res sort of pixely, or in the case of X Wing, like. Wow, man! How do you pronounce the shading type that is earlier Go, than Fong? Gorong or something? Yeah, what is it? I forget. Whoa! Yeah, Let me look. The, the shitty flat shading that's like it's yeah. one step above flat shading, but isn't quite Fong yeah, shading. Yeah, yeah. But whatever, that low, super low poly, low res sprite based stuff. But they're executing on it in a way that you can only do with the like fifteen years of of in between foresight and evolution. And I think that's oh, yeah. really interesting. It's so much. Their pipeline guaranteed is a million times. Yeah. Easier than whatever, but they're still whatever they're, totally game. They're executing from they like a X-Wing philosophical or, yeah. and design philosophy that yes. is rooted so far in the past, but they're able to do things that you would not be able to do. They're only really, it seems, doing aesthetic things that you would not be able to do so far. Right. But it's inter- And even that, they're being deliberately conservative because yeah. as you say, like X Wing was still 3D models with, you know, like yeah. basic basic They're name dropping X Wing and TIE Fighter, but structurally this is way closer Wing to Commander. Wing Commander. Yeah, Although I guess sure. like XCOM XCOM. Although X-Wing they, probably had, like, the command yeah. ships and stuff. Yeah, I was going to say, they have capital like ships with that are big that are, poly things in this game yeah. as well. It is Gorard, yeah. Gorard? Gorard, yeah. Gourard. Someone will tell us the actual exact way to pronounce Gourad. it. Gorad. Go shading. Gorad. From Rad Game from Rad Tools. Games. Granny 3D. <laughs> Rad. Uh, video. Uh, yes. Bing anyway, video? I don't know. There was nowhere that <laughs> I was going with any of that. You have on the podcast since we brought that up, though, right? No, that was last week, and I haven't, yeah. Yeah, but you played that, right? I played it just enough to internalize the basic commands yeah, yeah, and not yeah. have it look like it was just a crazy hyper neon mess in my face that I couldn't understand. <laughs> have you seen this thing? No, we talked about it. I yeah, I've were... I've looked at a couple of quick, you know, sort of let's sure. plays yeah, yeah, yeah. in the time, you know. It's just it's it just an cool. alpha. Like it's yeah. the, it's called the Wings of Saint Nazaire. It, I think a lot of people found out about it because they just have posted gifs of it looking rad. Yeah. yeah. Like it looks like I yeah. It looks I, did we mention that last week? I forget. They've released a lot, especially in the last few months, most to all of their screenshot releases have been as animated GIFs. They're just GIFs of like a sick, pixelated-looking Wing Commander-esque cockpit that's lit in like neon blue and orange yeah. and like so good. And just fourteen and, explosions. And then it's all these huge <laughs> hyper-colored explosions and like neon purple 
laser beams and missile trails like, flying yeah, around and then rocking the cockpit. Missiles, and, yeah. But then, unlike Wing Commander and X-Wing, it's able to just cause all these insane bloom effects and, like, in-cockpit lighting effects yeah. going on. Like, it just, it looks like, it looks like, I mean, it would, it would be incorrect to say that it looks like what you would imagine Wing Commander could look like as a kid because that is Star Citizen. Right. This exactly, is yes. this is the Wing Commander game that I wish had been handed to me as a kid so I could be like, holy fuck, okay, I had no idea <laughs> what I should actually be thinking is cool because you have now showed me what it is. Right. Yeah. Um, their alpha seems like it's just a proof of concept, though. Like, you can... Yeah, although it's... I mean... You can shoot guys. Yeah. And you can, There's a lot of stuff that's not in there. You can shoot missiles at them. You can shoot missiles at them, but they but you auto, don't have the to lock on. Lock, you don't have to lock on, which is a, a thing. All the, <laughs> I think I mentioned this last week, probably, but as I was playing, all these things came back to me. Right, we were like, let me transfer power. Oh, it doesn't matter. Power transference isn't supported if the buttons are right. let me Let me get a lock. lock. Oh, I don't guy, need to get a lock. I can just fire the missile, whatever. <laughs> um, and I think all your weapons have... Your missiles all have infinite ammo, You can ammo, just shoot I think, forever. And, yeah, yeah, it's just yeah, yeah, yeah. sort of a scene to let you get the feel. But, like, but tapping slowly... through the targeting with T. I know. And, like, cycling through and watching <laughs> on your map. They actually have a cool map that is, like, the the map is 3D in a way that I don't think it would have occurred to people to do Right, like, it looks like, because, like, modern sci-fi has introduced that concept way more, I feel like, of, like, the mm-hmm. sort of, like, the hollow map where, like, it's actually a sphere and stuff right, like that. Right, it's rotating yeah. around as you rotate, like, yaw or whatever, um... Whereas in those older games, it all looked like kind of 2D vacuum radar. tube kind of, yeah, radar style oh, yeah. stuff, which is what it looks like in Star Wars, the movie, yeah. the original movie anyway. Um, but yeah, this game, they're taking concepts and knowledge that exists from now, but just putting it in the context of. Yeah, it was, it, it was weird just yeah. to play enough of it to get like my, my not as well honed as you by an order of magnitude, like Wing Commander legs back though, of just like sure. Well, you probably played more Wing Commander than I did. Yeah, but you played more X Wing than I played Wing Commander by probably yeah. dozens of hours. Like I never owned one of those. My friends had <laughs> uh, had Wing Commander. I ordered. Too. I I had Wing. I had X Wing, and then I got Tie Fighter by ordering it from a used game store that advertised in the back of PC Gamer magazine. Oh, like, excellent! This is what that world was like. I'm sure I've mentioned this before. But they could actually just list inventory in the in like in the back of PC eighth, Gamer, like an eighth yep. page yeah. ad in the back pages of PC Gamer and Computer Gaming World, and they would just list stock. They'd be like, "This month we got three copies of Tie Fighter and two copies of like Phantasmagoria or whatever," and like <laughs> right. you know, like copy of SimCity, um, and they would just list that in the magazine. And I, you had to, that's like, hurting the games industry, Chris. <laughs> I know, but at the time I didn't have. I'm not serious. What that <laughs> I, guy? I yeah. wish that guy was still around. Seriously, I miss the scarcity of those days. I really do miss yeah. sort of like not having ten thousand amazing games to choose from and oh, yeah. being like Obviously, excited like, about one there are game. Great things about the current system for sure. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy and amazing when you got one new game and it was just the most amazing. I almost never was able to buy games myself because I wasn't allowed to have video games. And so I had to do weird shit like either get <laughs> games from friends or order stuff from – use game from the back of a catalog by like sending money in the mail, yep. which is a thing that I did. Um, <laughs> like just dollars. Right. Um, here, advertisement, here is my allowance. And then he's like, yeah, exactly. you use yeah. And it cost $10, I'm pretty sure I remember. Sweet. Good uh, deal. I know. And I was $10. so excited about it. Man, so that's – the kid that sold that guy a copy of TIE Fighter must have sold it to him for five bucks. Yeah. Yep. Oh, man. Or that also, TIE Fighter fell off a somehow truck. Somehow, the money this guy made from that was enough to justify taking out an advertisement in a print magazine in an era when that was all there was. 
Oh man, PC gamer ads must like if you weren't buying a full page, full I mean, color yeah, spread, it, was, it, it must have been back, cheap. It must yeah. have been cheap because it was an eighth page, possibly less back than that actually. Book. Back yeah. of the thing with the bulk ads. Everywhere. So in addition to sending a Spelunky cartridge back in time, we should also send a few dollars back for an ad in the back of PC gamer saying <gasps> Idle Thumbs podcast, <laughs> Idle Thumbs dot computer. Did we talk oh. about that yet? Oh no, we didn't. <laughs> Idle Thumbs dot computer. That's it. It's where our podcast lives. Yeah. That's our that's our new domain name. HTTP colon slash slash idlethumbs dot computer. <sighs> we should Amazing. talk we'll talk about that again, I guess, the next time Hover next time Hover sponsors us. How about that, Hover? Dot computer. Yeah. That's so good. But oh, that's also, also the, the if you're gonna advertise in the back of PC Gamer in the nineties, you better make it say idlethumbs dot computer. <laughs> uh, also the one I remember the possibly the one time in my childhood that I went to a store and bought a new PC game, I guess pre-high school. Yeah. Until I was in high school, I think maybe the only time I ever got to do that was with Full Throttle. <sighs> and I remember I had enough money. My brother and I combined our money and we had enough to buy one game. And I can't remember what the other game we were choosing between. It was Full Throttle or something else and I can't remember what the other one was. Chose but best. we got Full Throttle. I know, yeah. I know. That's and awesome. I was so excited to like it was at CompUSA. Oh that's, my that's god. That's where we bought it. We went to CompUSA um because it was in Encinitas in San Diego where we you know where we lived and there was uh, uh, in South California. Yes, in South <laughs> California according to the recent in the new state um ballot measure to split up California. Yeah, right. And uh, I was so excited to go to the register and like actually buy this full boxed game that I was really excited about because I'd played um, two other games with like the person who made Full Throttle's name also right like on the box. Uh, yeah, so exciting! Those mm-hmm. really were the best memories. I remember I saving the- up for months to buy like a single N sixty four game when I was like thirteen, yeah. like twelve or thirteen, and just. It was just the greatest thing on earth to go to. to- this was Toys R Us. I wasn't even quite up to the Comp USA standards yet. Well, that it was like Toys R Us. That was just like where my family, my mom needed to go to like yeah, she buy, to buy toner something. or something. I don't you know what I mean. It was like whatever. Yeah. I really want to know the other game that you were going to buy. I hope that it was like a uh, like a split in the path of Chris Ramo where that other game was like. <laughs> I think it was. I think it was something totally like not. It was that or System that. Shock. Like Oh, oh God. I'm sorry, wait, so what did you buy? Or Phantasmagoria. Oh, Super Mario 64. Oh, Super Mario 64. I, I, so I actually, when I got my N64 in March of 1997, I was 13 years old. This was a very exciting event in my life. I think it was like a late birthday present. My birthday's in February, but our, our parents bought us the N64, you know, later. Of course. Uh, whatever they were saving up. I don't even remember why. We got Mario Kart. That was the only game we had for a long time, was Mario Kart 64, which was amazing, and I loved it. But I didn't buy Mario until later on. That's okay. I had that to save up for it. <laughs> and then I mean, there's some cool speed runs, some cool tricks, tips and tricks that yeah, people that shit use is to see some of that stuff. God, I wasn't aware of the the Mario 64 speed run stuff until like cool. last year. It's amazing. That in the new and they're still finding really crazy new things with yeah. Ocarina of Time. Like there was a new thing yesterday: oh. how to fire arrows without the bow. Like, they're finding the craziest shit. Yeah, it's amazing. Like, watching this stuff is, is really on, on fascinating. modified console? I believe it's it's a Japanese console. Just the regular <laughs> Japanese N64. Uh, my cousin has a Japanese one, and he says you can fire arrows before you get the bow. <laughs> he says there's a hoverboard in it, and you're Link, and you're flying on a hoverboard. It's real. 
Uncle's going to get me one next time he goes. <laughs> it's always somebody's cousin. Yeah. Do you ever yeah. notice that? It was oh, never yeah, like sure. my brother. It was no, never cause, like. Because then the burden of proof is like squarely on your shoulders. True, yeah. But it, but it was never even like a friend. It's an extended family. Yeah, my friend in my old school, his dad uh, yeah. works uh, for Nintendo. In my in old Japan, school. Though, he goes to Japan. <laughs> He's in <laughs> Japan. School, yeah. yeah. <sighs> so good. You guys want to take a break? Sure. Well, what? I have this friend, though, and his dad, uh, <laughs> he, he, he's from a place where I used to go to school, but his dad d- did say that in Mario 3, there's, like, all sorts of, like, cool suits. Wow. Oh, yeah? You can wear a suit of, like, Mouser from Mario 2. What? Yeah, it's pretty cool. Is there, wow. like, a cat suit? Uh, no, that's the real name. <laughs> That's an idea that could have only been conceived now. That's true. What <laughs> would Cat Mario imagine. be? What would Cat Mario be imagine in nineteen eighty nine? What the gaming landscape would be like if Mario wore just like a kind of weird like furry cat, cat suit instead of Mario. <laughs> <laughs> what an interesting. Wait, you said you said bad cat, and then Danielle laughed like Steve Gaynor. Did I? <laughs> yes. I didn't realize I did this. Yeah, it's fine. You oh, don't no. usually. Maybe it's he... a good laugh. Yeah. We should take a break forever. Take a break. <laughs> Bye. Video game. Nature Box is so cool. Nature Box is delicious. Oh, man. Naturebox.com slash thumbs. Whoa, what do you find there? Nature Boxes. What are Nature Boxes? They are boxes of delicious snacks that are sent to you. They got all sorts of snacks in those Nature Boxes. Wasabi-flavored peas and ranch-flavored peas and... <laughs> really good sweet pineapple chews and stuff we ate a bunch of them for a while and we haven't recently because we ate the last one and then they haven't shown up for a minute and then we realized <laughs> we that we liked them got, too much <laughs> to get back on this nature box train but yeah no nature box is those things like if you want a thing that delivers you really delicious and interesting snacks mm-hmm. that are generally not gross and are really <laughs> yeah like, like those booger like flavored really... jelly beans, delicious. <laughs> that Nature Box doesn't nah, do booger do flavored jelly beans. They don't you, do like you mean like the like thing. the super like it was like sriracha y cashew nuts yeah, or whatever. They those do were, stuff yeah. like that, but I mean it's good and like they do a lot of stuff that's a lot more balanced. It's like kind of food style things that are delicious, like interesting the pineapple dr- slices. Yeah, dried fruit combinations or like dried sort of crunchy yeah, like nuts and peas and snacks. Stuff like that. Yep. Um, yep. And blueberry nom kind of granola bar thing. Yeah, they have like, like baked, baked bar, bar stuff. I don't know. It's good. Yeah. You eat them. Naturebox.com slash thumbs. 50% off first box. We love them. You eat Actually, them. Naturebox, please, can we get back on the <laughs> What? What is this? No. I, they're good. <laughs> Naturebox, please give us food. Maybe if you demand it in your Rhode Island. I demand Naturebox. I want more nature in my box. I want to eat it. It's delicious. Thank you. Yeah, naturebox.com slash thumbs. Video game. This episode is also brought to you by Idle Thumbs, uh, the Idle Thumbs podcast and Idle Thumbs podcast network. <laughs> Visit it at Idle Thumbs at HTTP colon slash slash Idle Thumbs dot computer. Somebody linked uh, on Twitter. I think they tried to link you too, Chris, but Nick, myself, and you both. They left the O out of your name. An amazing array of erotic Sonic fan art. Good thing they fucking left that O out. Yep. Oh, they sent it to Chris Rem. They really did. Amazing. They meant to send it to your dreams. They really did. Chris Rem. <laughs> Chris Rem sleep. <laughs> Man, that got you? All right. Oh, good. Easy target Remo. Easy target Rem. Easy target is, Rem. Is it a thing to have game dreams and talk about them? Because I had a really weird game dream. Oh, my God. Okay, 
Danielle said the word dream and you lost your mind. <laughs> okay, I don't know if this is good or not. So it's a good thing that we're doing this now because we can just cut it out if it's not good. No, I had, this is, mm. I had a dream I had a dream last night that fucking freaked me out. And I w I never remember my dream. This is I know that I dream because I know everyone dreams technically, but like I never remember dreaming, so I feel like yeah, I, don't I really dream. rarely do as well. Yeah, I just sort of yeah. occasionally have like a nebulous emotional feeling, yeah. but I don't anyway. This is like the first time in ages that I've ever that I've done maybe I only did this because Nick wrote down the thing a couple weeks ago Kilo about is here. Kilo about yeah. Kilo is here because <laughs> that was just my favorite I enjoyed that so much and I woke up in at at like 4 a.m. this morning and I'm like oh my god I gotta write this down um so this is what I wrote uh, in my dream well actually it's not no good reading what I wrote because it's just boring sentences but like I will turn that into the actual memory of this dream um so I was at someone's house playing cards not like magic or something but like a card you know a card game parts or something yeah. i don't know what we were playing that part that was fuzzy in my brain you were playing card game yeah and i was <laughs> I, I was sitting on look we were in someone's bedroom and i don't remember who else was there but i do know that the person or the thing on the bed next to me was like a decaying skeleton <laughs> of my friend's aunt so like his dead aunt aunt like you know parents br si sister was like just in skeletal form with like decaying flesh and like a fucking full-on skeleton like just lying in the bed next to me like just positioned there mm -hmm. as we were playing cards uh -huh. um and then i farted and I, and I wanted to play it off as though i didn't fart it was a skeleton please so I, a skeleton. Yeah, so I grabbed yes? i grabbed I grabbed this like bony hand of this skeleton, which then suddenly had a sock puppet on it of like a little guy. And I and I threw my voice into the hand puppet on the skeleton hand to be like, ooh, I farted. I'm haunting all of you. And and then I was like, did you hear that, guys? The reason they fart like that. Okay, I'm just gonna read this. Did you hear that, guys? The reason. <laughs> The reason they fart like that is because we won't know it's them because they're skeletons and they think they can get away with it. Such sound logic. Yeah, no, I don't know what that means. And then, like, later on, so we play the game. So, like, people, I guess, don't question this. And then we keep playing the game. And then the skeleton, like, suddenly, just like the whole, not the hand puppet, but the entire skeleton, like this lady, this dead skeleton lady. <laughs> Starts going like, hey, I need to talk to you. And like, no. And I start screaming. And my friend's like, my friend is like, no, it's cool. She just wants to talk. And I'm like freaking out and trying to get away. And the skeleton is like restraining me, like mentally. Like the skeleton is like using, using its brain to using lock you in place. To, like keep me in place. And the skeleton just like starts, now the skeleton starts screaming, it's cool, it's cool, hey, it's totally cool. <laughs> and then like pawing at me with its fucking gross decaying arms. And then I can't, I can't like evade it anymore. And finally the skeleton, like she reaches out with her like bony hand and it like envelops my face in like covers my face and eyes in blackness and then everything goes black and then I immediately woke up and, was and, like, down. <laughs> and immediately started running it down. The best part is the skeleton flailing and saying, it's cool. It's cool, it's cool. Did the skeleton have a woman's voice or was it just like a voice? It was just a, I have no memory of the character of the voice. You, you, you just have the knowledge that the skeleton was saying, it's, it's, it's cool, cool, it's, it's cool. cool. <laughs> 
I definitely pictured when you were talking about this being an aunt. I don't know why, but I pictured it the skeleton wearing like old lady aunt clothes, well, so like a thing, like a purple I'm, hat, and right, like, like a, a huge pearls, like a yeah, purse exactly. that matches the hat. Like it's dressed like the queen. Exactly. I don't even know how I knew it was an aunt because no one introduced. Right, me that's one to of those it. things where your brain just—that's just—it's in the lore, like that's just right, in dream yeah. lore. You're like. Yep. Anyway, there's the this aunt of my friend. Was it right. a specific friend? No, I don't remember who it was. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> I mean, if only it were Nick Brecken, right? Oh, right. that'd be perfect. Wow. Yeah. I'm crying. I'm laughing so hard. It was intense. <laughs> it was the craziest thing to me was the ending where it was just like final hand reaching out enveloping me in darkness and I instantly woke up cool. in like cool. a sweat. Yeah, you you woke up as like someone else in your house just covertly removed the oculus rift from your face because that like yeah oh wow yeah wow yeah oh my god it was weirdly specific for something i can read absolutely nothing into (laughs) i don't know what any there's no i don't i really do think the sock puppet Fart. Yeah. <laughs> is really. That is a classy yeah, move uh, right there. The nebulous conspiracy. The reason they fart like that is because we won't know it's them. Because they're skeletons and they think they can get away with that's it. That's like. That's the way that you have a conversation when you're half asleep and someone's like, right, what do you think exactly. about that? And you're like, well, they'll never find out about it. So, I mean, it seems fine to me. <laughs> like, excuse me? What? Sorry. Uh, well, yeah, no. Just, like, no, that just... seems fine. Yeah, let's have spaghetti. Like, you're like, just. <laughs> Whatever, I'm I'm not hungry. Yeah. You're real because <laughs> exactly. the paper says it's Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. exactly, right? Yes. My my Amazing. classic touchstone for that is being at a like in high school, being at a just my friends and I would just crash at a friend's garage overnight and play video game, play video games all night and then make like camcorder s- claymation stop motion videos until yes. we fell asleep. And I I've said this on the podcast before, but I woke up in the middle of the night one time, according to all of them, just being like, guys, the numbers, it makes sense. <laughs> the numbers, it makes sense. Guys, you were guys, in I figured high. out the numbers. Yeah, and this is just like a legendary thing among those friends for me having zero memory of it and all of them having 100% memory of it because I was screaming. <laughs> oh, that's anyway, so that's beautiful. why skeletons fart. That's why skeletons fart. That's why skeletons have hand puppets. <laughs> hand that, puppets. That fart. Yeah. Okay. God, that's incredible. Are we going to talk about Evo for a second? Let's, we can definitely talk <laughs> okay, no, about Evo. I don't Evo. mean to jump entirely no, no, out of dreams Evo. jump out of this. I, I didn't watch Evo this year because I didn't know it was this weekend. Because this weekend was the weekend of a bunch of cool stuff happening yeah. that I didn't know about. I watched the World Cup, which is cool. But again, I only knew that Evo was going on because everyone in my Twitter feed exploded talking about someone just kicking everyone's butt with a PlayStation 1 controller. Yeah, that's the thing yeah. I saw too. And I don't, have, I don't have any of the context for this. So what the fuck is that? Because... Whatever that is, I was like, I swore to myself, okay, everyone's going so insane over this, I will watch the replay, and here it is the middle of the week, and I haven't watched it yet, so you just have to tell me what it is. Well, well, I didn't I didn't watch that part. I read okay, about it afterwards. Sorry. I know. Useless <sighs> video game journalist. Why are we on the, what, what is the point of this podcast? His name is Luffy. <laughs> okay, good. I know that much, and he did. He absolutely did. Which game was it that he was playing? It was Street Fighter 2, okay. I believe. Yeah, you know I'm almost positive. Was? I saw a picture of him. He looked to be in his late 20s early okay. 30s he looked i was hoping it was like some ish. weird 12 year old phenom with a place <laughs> with a controller as old as he is like, yeah. this is what has always felt natural <laughs> basically well his name's optimized. Luffy, mm-hmm. you know <laughs> it's optimized better the resistance is perfect 
Just calibrated he, to my every need. He won. I mean, it would be amazing if like somebody could win it using like the Dreamcast fishing controller or something. That would <laughs> right. be the greatest yeah, yeah, yeah. achievement in life. Yeah, guitar. exactly. Yeah. I mean, I imagine the Guitar Hero one would not be the not that it would be easy by any means, but you could at least map the the buttons somewhat. You, it only has one directional axis though. Although I guess you only really have one with a fighting. Yeah. Game. Warning: oh I know God. nothing about fighting games. <laughs> Please do not. Care I mean, what neither I say. do I. I. I watched Evo with a bunch of GamerX friends. I just had people come over and I we just you have watched. To be able to crouch and stuff. So. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. You gotta, you gotta make sure you can jump and crouch. I guess. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, like. I forgot that jumping is just up. Yes, yeah, it's, it's pretty easy. It's stiff though. I, I, you know. Oh man. So what if the, what if the, when, if the, if the pick bar was yeah. like left and right and then up and down was like star move, move like. Oh my god. Oh, the whammy the bar up or down. Or the whammy oh, bar. Oh, the whammy bar. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. If the whammy bar is left and right, and then you jump and crouch with the pick, and then you do your sick combos with the... Uh... <laughs> yeah, if you do your ultra move or whatever with the with the star power. Yeah. And then all the regular buttons are just the four fingers. You could maybe program the um, star power to be like a clockwise or counterclockwise uh, joystick rotation, oh, yeah, depending yeah. on how you... Because uh, mm-hmm. then you'd like lurch the controller up into the air and then play a small solo uh, and <laughs> yeah. people and you'd do a hadouken yeah you would definitely need to dress up for this too you would need to be like you'd need to have like shitty shades and like you know 80s mm-hmm. rock star kind of thing like someone should crappy do that. Someone try that, maybe like, two please. people on two ddr mats against oh, one guy oh man yes <laughs> one guy with a Guitar Hero controller. <laughs> oh, man. That guy can have a regular controller. That's, that's too impaired. He can play against Against Luffy and his PlayStation 1 controller, which he's a Kutaragi's masterpiece. (laughs) I I do know that, you know, he had some special, wonderful, potentially custom-made Xbox 360 to PS1 controller Oh, like an adapter? Yeah, he had an adapter. It was pretty crazy. that's hardcore. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So what did you you see that was cool? I watched the Street Fighter 4 stuff, almost all of it, and Mm -hmm. almost exclusively just that and i was there with people who could actually comment on it you know i was listening to the commentary that was on evo you know or whatever but there were actually people in my room that were like explaining to me these things because i haven't i haven't really played a fighting game since like soul caliber 2 like it's been more than 10 years since i've actually really gotten into a fighting game and it was never really like my thing you know i've definitely played fighting games gotten enjoyment out of them and then you know i mean i think mortal kombat 2 was like my heyday when i was like 10 so you know i don't know how we feel about mortal kombat in this room but it's fine i enjoyed it i enjoyed it when i was 10 so you know um it was just fascinating to me the weirdest thing this is this is the strangest observation that i had watching it um but i started boxing again like nine months ago and i'm i've been Mm -hmm. doing it really seriously ever since and like what kind of struck me terror yeah, exactly. Much to Sean's unhappiness. Um, what really sort of struck me watching this was how much the... It's obviously incredibly exaggerated and wacky and wild and there's fireballs and stuff like that happening. But the rhythms of fighting actually felt, you know, watching this, I was like, actually, that, that kind of feels like what it feels oh, like to cool. be in the ring. You know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. to actually step forward a little bit, step back a little bit and sort of like gauge the space between two mm-hmm. fighters and obviously again it's it's not the way yeah, it actually it's feels exaggerated and it's weird and it's arbitrary yeah. but the and cartoonish of it kind of yeah. matches up exactly That's the really flow cool. felt very similar and i was and i got very very into it just sort of 
for that reason. And, mm-hmm. I, and it, it kind of maps to a weird way of like different kinds of punches, you know, like. No, totally. So. That's that's really cool because that's the kind of thing that I think, you know, most people have some general intuitive assumption about. Yeah. But is not backed up by any personal meaningful experience. You know what sure. I mean? Like yeah. I could look at a fighting game and be like, oh, yeah, it's like, you know, dancing back and forth like boxers do. But like I don't. Doesn't mean anything when I say it. <laughs> I have no, like, I have no credibility in in assuming that or making that claim. That's a really cool thing to observe. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a completely subjective thing, but it, you know, I dug that, and that's kind of what pulled me in for the whole yeah, but time. It's, it's subjective with like a reference point. Sure, sure, yeah. Felt just like boxing, because I mean, especially those fireballs. Yeah, I mean that's cool. <laughs> I mean that that is a thing that is uh, that is a thing that is the reason I think some games have the potential to be spectator sports and some don't, right? Like you need Absolutely. something that maps to, I th- I mean, maybe this isn't true in like a hundred years when everyone's just fucking living in computers or whatever, but like, you know, for in the most hundred years in like in 500 year? years, <laughs> I mean, what are you going for? Like two years, five years. Five yeah. years yeah. Um, you know, I think it really helps. Well, we're when, literally living inside of computers. We are encased in them and powered. Yeah, them. we're and actually in a warlock's in like nightmare right now. A sick alienware case. <laughs> There's that too. Yeah. Oh, and when we're in a warlock's nightmare. Yeah, exactly. Also. <laughs> you know, when that happens as well, and the yeah. warlock's inside the computer, so it all we're all inside the computer. Yeah, it all I mean, makes I sense. think that's all. Well, that in itself is inside a different warlock dreaming. Right. And it's all warlocks all the way down. He's you know? well. That warlock has just fallen asleep at a Street Fighter competition. Oh, that's right. <laughs> That's why the world is. That's why Street Fighter is starting to approximate real world is because that the dream world and the second heightened dream world are melding. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. really hard to tell where the seams of one end. Well, only yeah. Street Fighter has come in fully intact. That's true. From that's that right. warlock's warlock's dream dream. <laughs> <laughs> How many levels of warlock do we go? I don't know. We only need a couple, really. Yeah. I guess that's You basically already Supposed super Supposedly Street Fighter warlocks. gets lost if you go to three warlocks. Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> no it's, one's really pulled that off. It's totally watered down. Yeah. It's like Mortal Kombat at that point. It's like it's you get to Puzzle Fighter when you... When you <laughs> <laughs> puzzle Fighter. Man, Puzzle Fighter. Yep. Puzzle Fighter. But yeah, it is nice to be able to identify sort of parts of something more... Um, I don't know if elemental is the right word, Physical, but like something less yeah. tied to like one specific brand and sure. Well, you can like, see the person inside of it being able to be expressive in a naturalistic seeming mm-hmm, way. Totally, yeah, that's like, good. That's a good way. I mean, because like if you look at like Counter Strike or Dota, that's also the case. You can watch mm-hmm. and you can really just really clearly see the person mm-hmm. inside of the game represented through their character's behavior, and it, yeah. like your brain can imagine things. Although it takes, a, I feel like it takes a lot more. Um, with a lot of video games, it takes a lot more deep understanding than it does in like physical sports to perceive that deeply. You know, like yep. mm-hmm. even if you don't understand what's going on at like a, a tactical level in a real world sport, I feel like it's a little easier to perceive the expressiveness. Um, which is one reason I am really excited that um, for the international, the Dota Two competition this year they're introducing a beginner stream oh it's wonderful they've been running it yeah yeah they have been running it i haven't been watching it because it's still kind of in the preliminaries and like i just haven't really yeah i'm planning on watching some of like the actual stuff in the arena once the actual arena stuff starts yeah i'm I'm planning on watching with the newcomer stream 
Have you been um, listening to it? I have actually. Oh, cool. Again, during GameRex, I had friends over who also were into it. It was almost like a little mini education for Danielle camps, like and different nights at GameRex. People cool. would come over and just explain stuff to me and show me, you know, sort of beginner things. So I did watch one of the beginner streams and I know nothing about Dota, like really nothing. My girlfriend has become obsessed with it and plays right. it every day. And I couldn't tell you anything that's going on on the screen, you know, as much as like, I, I can obviously understand there's, you know, characters and avatars and on the stream yeah, yeah, yeah. on the screen and they're and stuff, sure. yeah they're trying to kill things that's my understanding sure, okay. basically of did dota fight? i mean did the beginner stream help fix that at it all? did yeah, okay. it did quite a bit you know i mean they're, they're speaking of very basic strategy they're speaking about very basic elements of the game but it, it broke it down to a point where i could yeah, get that's what awesome. was going that's on good. so that's good that they do that that was really helpful too yeah and we're, when you're speaking about you know this sort of got me thinking of <laughs> speaking about sort of like the way that people can be expressive in a game and, you know, especially on that level, I've always been incredibly frustrated by, um, I, I feel like maybe my, my just level of skill with a controller in my hand or with a, a keyboard and mouse in my, at my disposal, I just never feel quite as expressive in a game as I would in real life. I feel like I'm a yeah, much better boxer in real life than I would ever be able to play a fighting game. I would yeah. be able to do more damage and well, I, I, I can about... shoot a gun more with better aim than I could ever do in a shooter. Like yeah. things like that and I'm always... That's how I feel about driving a car in real life versus sure. driving a car in a video game. Yeah. Even driving slowly in a video game I never feel... Quite in you know, control. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But I don't think that's the case for some people. I mean I think for some people the appeal of gaming is that it's an opportunity for you as a non-graceful, non-adept person to have inputs go from your brain to your extremities and then be fed back into your eyes and see that you're producing graceful, expressive motions. Yeah. Yeah, like, absolutely. If you're a person who does not dance ever, having playing a game that is just full of crazy, graceful, acrobatic mo moments that you have agency over, I think is a huge part yeah, of the yeah. appeal of them. For sure. Whereas like, you actually box people and do physical activities. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like, I don't know. Like, I'm not a person who's who's physically adept really at all. Um, <laughs> so games that are about, like... Physical movement. Like, and, yeah, yeah, just very, very adeptly traversing space, but there's still some brain required. Like, I don't have to just press up. I love those games sure. because of the, like questionably like vic <laughs> vicarious thrill that i get sure. out of the fact yeah, that yeah. i can have those experiences mm -hmm. without having to actually learn how to jump off a building or kick someone or right. throw something i think that's great I, I guess i'm just expressing frustration that i'm like so-called capable of doing a harder thing but i'm never capable of like quite getting there in terms of gaming skill but i'm you know, also it's... not capable of doing that in a game <laughs> so i'm just a worthless person but yeah no i yeah it's Watching people who are incredible at it is weird. And it's, it's cool. Awesome. It's yeah, yeah. It's really, really amazing. I'm always just very jealous. Like I can I just cannot make my hands do that. Like I can make my feet do that. I can make my fists do that. I cannot make my fingers do I, anything like that. I'm yeah. I'm one of those people who I feel like has some facility for that, but enough to know I could never like, <laughs> right, but, I mean, but at like, the same time, if you did a live stream of Flappy Bird that also just had your hands playing it. Oh, yeah. People would lose their mind. They would, yeah. It's gross. You should do that. Chris, Chris. <laughs> I think I missed the I think I missed the zeitgeist on that one. Oh. Yeah, well. Wait five years. I mean, Create I did, a new I zeitgeist. I not erase Flappy Bird. I didn't Bird. miss it personally. I was fully <laughs> right. uh, surrounded, but yeah, I didn't ever broadcast. basically play Flappy Bird every day for five years and then use whatever the future of Twitch is to be like, look at this. 
still have Flappy Bird installed. I don't know what you've been doing. <laughs> and then just 24 hour Flappy Bird like Marathon, pledge-a-thon. Yeah. Oh god, Jesus. Oof. Gross. For every flap you will give a dollar. Oh yeah. my god. For every pipe or whatever. <laughs> A new version of marathon <laughs> or marathoning not marathon the game <laughs> bungie's coming back marathoning. marathon three flappy bird flappy bird marathon flap marathon three probably four actually i guess flappy four, edition? marathon infinity or what yeah. was the third one yeah flappy bird pledge-a-thon <laughs> bungie oh, would be a company that would weirdly make an oddly detailed joke about that <laughs> that could appear real and then sell a That's t-shirt. a thing Bungie of all companies would yeah. really do. Epic actually basically just did that, didn't they? Oh, they did. They, oh, they, yeah, they, 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 they did the weird thing of it thing. where it was the like their mobile Unreal Engine where the demo of it was like two super epic epic game bros basically like it seemed like they were either wearing Space Marine suits or like 15 layer Alan Wake costumes <laughs> or some combination of those like hang out in a really well rendered damp alley. And then yeah. an arcade machine turned on and played Flappy Bird. Because you can also use Unreal to make Flappy Bird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're really going for the Unity crowd there, I guess. Yeah, yeah, they are. Good for them. I feel like we really missed a beat never talking about Alan Wake's costume when that was a thing that was worth talking about. I never noticed it because I didn't play that game. I didn't notice it until you guys kept pointing it out two weeks ago. There's nothing to talk about still, but like... <laughs> There's something to point out about. Okay, like it, Alan Wake. It's it's you know how like you go to um, like uh, a company mixer or like a like a charity event, and there's like the little jar that has a bunch of jelly beans in it, and everyone writes and down guess. how many yeah. jelly beans are inside of it. I think you could basically just put a picture of Alan Wake inside of that jar and say how many layers of clothing <laughs> is he wearing. The person who actually gets it right, <laughs> get, like gets to take home this Alan Wake printout, I guess. But like. <laughs> I won one of those once. You won an Alan I really Wake printout? And it was not even that, like, no, not Alan Wake. I won one of those jelly bean counting contests at a jockey store in New Hampshire. Wow. <laughs> yep. Good. What, when I was, was about 13 that, or 14. Yeah. I don't know. You I sold wish. those beans? No, but I got, like, a $10 gift card to buy, like, You didn't get the beans? Underwear. I did, but they were probably stale. They were sitting there for, like, two months. Mm. Wait, so did you get it exactly, or what? No, but I was very close. I was the closest. Oh, so it was like in the world. for two months they accepted guesses, and your guess was the closest. Do you remember closest. what the number was? I don't remember what the number was. God no. damn it! I'm sorry. It was. I would bet that Alan Wake somewhere is wearing in the eight hundreds. I think seven layers of clothing, though. <laughs> seven layers of clothing. <gasps> I, I mean, would he's bet. wearing a because he's got like outdoor jacket, blazer, hoodie, hoodie. Oh god, shirt presumably. But I think he's got like a collar popping out, and then a t-shirt, and oh then oh my god, but. I think like he's got so many yeah. layers, yeah. which is maybe that's only like five. But I bet he's got an undershirt under there. Yeah, yeah, surely. Bet he's got fucking shitload of layers. <laughs> I mean, is he in like a? I know he's from like the Northwest, but he's is, that's he a came lot of from. He was raised by art directors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know what's funny about that is that it looks like garbage. I mean, it's just like that. That ensemble is nonsense. I never noticed it before because. I, for some reason, that game just passed me by, um, and I never looked closely. Well, I just I think at you just don't notice it until you notice it. I mean, yeah, he just looks like he's it, just aesthetically busy. Then you're like, "What like, is hey, that?" Yes. What the, the hoodie under the right, the hoodie under the blazer. It's just uh, under the leather jacket. Oh I mean, God. like it was on. I mean, fucking unreal. And then, or what, did he have all three of those, or was that just Jay Allard? 
Oh my god. <laughs> I don't remember. Because the thing that got us on the topic of this... Well, was, yeah, he, was, Alan Wake has at least... Like the sports coat and the jacket and the hoodie and the shirt okay, and the other okay. shirt. But like Jay so Allard, Allard just yeah. has the hoodie and then over it a blazer. I feel like there's another layer. Well, there's another one under the hoodie. Oh, my God. I feel like there's another in between. I feel like there was, like, an an like, like there was oh. like a sports coat and a jacket and a hoodie or something. Oh, that, that, that may be the case. But in any case, the part that is like most noticeable is a blazer with a hoodie popping over the back of it. And it is fucking hideous. But and, and then he's got like he's got like one neon orange highlight in that in that yeah, man. Uh-huh. And there's a And shot. that matches his shoes. Yeah, he's wearing these oh bright orange shoes and he's like oh, just so good. rapping with you, like sitting at the Xbox three sixty unveiling, just in the middle in a stage surrounded by the audience on all sides. And he's like just kind of sitting there with his knee up. And it's and and we we were searching Google images for Jay Allard and, and well, that then, made Ollie point out that he was dressed like Alan Wake. Right. So we loaded up the Alan Wake image, but then we noticed the file name on the other Jay Allard image was it was just Jay no. Allard. There was a file name on a on a on a picture of a file name on a picture of Alan Wake, and the file name right, was, was like oh Alan God. Wake sporting the Allard. Yeah, like Alan Wake rocks the Allard. Yeah, Alan Wake rocks the Allard. Yeah, that was an incredible like point A to B that I never connected before. Because yeah. that amazing... game was an Xbox 360 showcase game, yeah, or was it meant to be anyway at one point? Um, and yes, that that is that is Allard's, I guess, final legacy at Microsoft. Looking like His Alan fashion, Wake. <laughs> fashion sense. Yeah. Apparently, uh, Alan Wake dresses smart casual, preferring a tweed jacket with leather patches on the elbows, layered over a generic hoodie with standard fit jeans and loafers. In the promo material, Alan is seen wearing a scarf, but it is never seen Oof. in game. In terms of grooming, Alan seems to have permanently have stumble in an to? unfussy, unstyled haircut, reflecting his relatively uncaring attitude towards his life since his finish, he finished his Wait, last you... novel, The Sudden Stop, uh, and became afflicted with writer's book. Who's, whose perspective are you reading this from? This is the giant bomb, like, wiki. Oh my God. <gasps> this is incredible. It goes on and on and on about the belt buckle. I've loaded an image of Alan Wake that we must discuss. Because <laughs> what he is wearing, he's, he's wearing... Okay, he doesn't have as many layers as we remembered. Yes, he does. Okay, I'm happy again. I was sad that I was... <laughs> okay, so... He's got at least a sports coat and then a jacket underneath that looks like a puffy vest jacket. Oh, right. Oh, my God. And then under that, he's got a zipped-up hoodie. Oh, my and God. And under that, he has a shirt. So he only has four visible layers plus his pants. But he's... Man, he's got good cuff placement, too, because like, he's got the sport coat... But then obviously the cuffs of his hoodie are popping out from underneath that. So he's got like two or three layers of the wrist area. Gross. Oh, and, and the pants are standard fit jeans. They're not skinny jeans. They're not baggy jeans. They're How do they standard know this? fit jeans. Somebody knows this. Somebody on the internet knows this. I don't even know what the basically what the difference of those is in real life. And I wear jeans. <laughs> and I still don't know what it means when you go to the store and they have like 800 different jeans. I mean... I only know the difference between like he was, skinny, normal, and, yeah, and I know, like, baggy. Obviously skinny yeah. jeans and obviously baggy jeans. Fine. He was worried that he'd have to be out there for a while. What about so, boot cut? Oh, so he's wearing smart casual. Yeah, he's wearing smart casual. So with he's just his wearing patches. three pairs of clothes. <laughs> he's wearing every. <laughs> he knew he was gonna be out there for a while, but he knew he didn't. He had to carry that flashlight, so he couldn't carry a bag. Right. So he had to make sure that he put on his. Sport coat in case something fancy happened. Then his North Face <laughs> vest in case, in case it was cold. Then his hoodie in case it was also cold and or he wanted to look like Mark Zuckerberg. And then he his shirt. He like sweating bullets the entire time he's doing anything ever. Just walking around in this outfit. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> he just... must be a sweaty, sweaty man, basically. <laughs> yeah, he is. But he's got all those layers, so you don't ever notice it. Yeah, yeah it's true. Because it can't soak through. Man, he must that. smell gross. Oh, my all God, I bet. Yeah, kidding. And Alan Wake finally peels all that off at the end of his weird, surreal, lost dream bullshit. Well, it's like that thing where he gets so gross that he doesn't he need to bathe because all the shitty shit just crusts. It's already... And he just yeah. molts. Yeah, he, you know, you just got to cut through the clothes. You just cut a slit through all the clothes at once, and then you peel as off, if he's in like an auto his, accident. Yeah, you peel off his gross cocoon of filth, <sighs> and then he's the reborn Alan. as an angel. And then he's Jay Allard is underneath <laughs> that. Oh my god! <laughs> you peel it in Cress's hair, and oh. all of that is peeled off. It also comes off. Oh my god! No. To yeah. reveal bald the Allard underneath. Yeah, the Allard in all the of Allard us. within. The Allard within. <laughs> You reveal Allard Wake because Allard awakens. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, no. He's in the hospital oh and he's being killed off. And you hear the little heart rate thing goes boop, 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 And then Allard wakes up. <laughs> anyway, what are we doing? I don't know. Wow. We're talking about Jay Allard. So that's, I'm fine with it. Allard. Allardisms. Man. How do we get Jay Allard on the podcast? First step is to finally send him that LinkedIn request. Oh my god, I have to. <laughs> Did you find him on LinkedIn? He's easy to find. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's not, I mean, he is, but he's not. He doesn't have a lot of social media presence, which is strange for Jay. Yeah. But he's yeah. definitely where professionals go to meet. I see. That's where they, good. Where they go to LinkedIn. Yeah. You know. he's a, that's the exact profile I'd expect someone like that to have, though. Yeah. LinkedIn profile, but no Twitter mm-hmm. or public Facebook. Exactly what I'd expect. Um, he's got to keep it all close to the close to the chest. I said, if you know Jay Allard or his personal assistant and listen to this podcast, questions at idlethumbs.net, please. Or, I mean, you can send us a nature box. <laughs> I guess. Also accepting nature box. Yeah. <laughs> nature box. Uh, you guys want to do some reader mail? Yes. Sure. Oh, speaking of contacting us in regards to Jay Allard, if you have any other questions that you'd like to send in, write them to questions at idlethumbs.net. <laughs> yes. If you have any Jay Allard hookups, send those to Jake at idlethumbs.net. <laughs> All right. Uh, Alexander uh, Willie. I think I pronounced this person's name incorrectly last week also. I'm sorry. I know. Uh, <laughs> writes, Dear Idle Thumbs, I started listening to the podcast recently. One of the first episodes I heard while catching up featured the wonderful Danielle discussing a review she wrote for Dragon Crown. Oh. In her review, she dinged the game for, among other things, its fairly icky and adolescent, adolescent portrayal of women. Skimming the comments, I was struck by the number of people who considered things like art style or portrayal of these characters irrelevant to the business of criticism. Basically, they claimed she wasn't being objective enough. Leaving aside the substance of Danielle's review, although I think she's probably right on, uh, what do you think accounts for the belief that a game review should be completely objective, as though any response to a creative work could be? Is it just a problem of uh, not being exposed to enough criticism? Is it a side effect of assigning numerical scores, uh, growing pains, historical trajectory of game development a facet of enthusiastic or enthusiast culture on the web would love to know what you think wishing you the best alex in st louis um yeah thank the, you thank you for the kind words yeah i wanted to read that when you were on the air so uh then he's got a ps here the kind of comment i was struck by is is this the art quote the art style of dragon's crown is objectively well done it clearly shows skill planning and cohesion it really comes down to how much you think personal bias should affect a review this was a the yeah. art being well rendered and made by a person with skill has nothing to do with their creative yeah, choices. Absolutely. Like I feel like you can't yes. you can't get excited about games as a creative medium and as an art form and then 
immediately disregard the meaning of any creative choice made inside of a work. Like yeah, then absolutely. you're just insane. Like there's nothing. I feel like the conversation just begins and ends right there. Right. I don't Basically. know. Basically. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree sure. with that completely. And it, it also, I do think it has to do with just sort of the games journalism as in, in the past, it was more of a product review than it was a, you know, artistic critique. It was always sort of like, you know, does this have a score for fun? Does this, you know, does this piece yep. of software work first of all? And then, you know, does it, is it fun? Is it like this? Is it like that? That's sort of the history of game reviews. The thing about that though, is that even then it just comes down to what you as a reader agree or don't agree with. Because yeah. like consumer reports, right? their job is to tell you if a thing is good or bad. But like when they were saying that iPhones should not be bought because of the antenna issue or because of software lock-in, every person who is like an Apple fan online was like oh consumer reports biased blue like <laughs> just because they're saying a thing you don't like like yeah. i don't know it just of course, i feel like there's yeah. no way you win like it's just for sure like a human being writes this and human beings have their own subjective opinions about things they might try their best if it's a publication's rules to write towards the goals of the publication but then there's there's the subjectivity of the definition of the publication or of their perception of what their audience is like there's always going to be a slant Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's yeah. just, if you don't like that one, you're just going to be a butthole about it. Like, ah, yeah, sorry, I, I, I mean, know. there's, I don't know. I don't no, know why, totally, why I'm Andy yeah. Rooney in this conversation. <laughs> no, it's, it's you're to- completely it's totally right. true though. I mean, I think a thing people often do when they encounter an opinion that they just personally don't agree with is try to undermine the credibility of it without addressing the actual substance of it. Absolutely. And I think that's what goes on here is like you say, you're not being objective enough. But what you really mean is you're not being subjective enough in the way that I like. Yeah, you're not agreeing with me. Your opinion differs from mine. Yeah. And there's a long history of, like, you know, women having an opinion on the internet and and sort of, like, there's some of this that that goes into sort of the idea of, like, silencing women or silencing someone who doesn't agree with you. And, you know, there's there's some gross stuff in there as well. I mean, obviously, some people had, like, reasoned criticism to my criticism. And there were also people who just wanted to call me names on the internet. Yeah, no, for sure. That kind of plays into it a little bit. It's totally possible to reasonably disagree with someone. Of course. I mean, especially especially about, like, a work of art, right? Like, about something that is, by its nature, just a result of creative choices. Um as opposed to like, I don't know. Um, I mean, I guess I don't know. There are probably some things that disagreeing with makes you kind of a jerk, but yeah, a video game <laughs> review should be something people are able to. It, uh, it, yeah, there, just it should let be, go. But it's, yeah. the thing is that you can't because for for a lot of people, it gets tied up in like religious zeal about. No, it's true. Like for sure, like yeah, identity politics things. Yeah, like that. and like. Uh-huh. This, I like it. I'm basically a weird, not weird, because I personally have been like this as well, where you, I like something, I want to be an evangelist for it. Right. I want it to be well regarded because it's a thing that I like and want to see more of in the world. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I see a major media outlet reviewing it poorly as an attack on its potential to succeed yes. in the world. Yeah. And Therefore, by extension fuck on you. you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Uh-huh, for sure. Like, yeah, but you have to, as a, I think as an adult human being living in the world, you have to strive to overcome that impulse because you're just going to be an angry bitter person yeah that's not how the world works but i remember like when i sort of was first getting into internet gaming communities i was really big into the adventure gaming community and there was just Mm -hmm. the huge prevailing feeling was always anytime anyone slagged off an adventure game in a review was like this outlet hates adventure games they hate it (laughs) they're just idiots dumb fucking console jockeys don't like games for smart 
educated <laughs> people like me people. for erudite <laughs> gamers. Like, <laughs> fuck you. That person yeah, just didn't yep. like it. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Oh. Yeah, that's why Idle Thumbs exists. Yeah. Was to get out of that community. <laughs> yeah, of. it existed effectively to try and say, maybe games are interesting as games and we should try to just look at what they are. Yeah. I don't know. Amen. But we were still then just mad about things that weren't shitty art games. Oh, yeah. We, the Idle Thumbs. Yeah, <laughs> we just Idle moved Thumbs, into another. The first, like. 04 to 06 of Idle Thumbs definitely had a weird, like... <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think it, it still had a, a broader range, but it was oh, effectively yeah, sure. like, I hate it here, and then we all packed up and moved, and then the camera zoomed out to us moving into basically the same house next door, but right. maybe it had a couple extra rooms and, like, <laughs> right, a sunroof. Exactly, yeah. But whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. People are all entitled to their I mean, opinions. people... I mean, honestly... That's just, true. Well, yeah, it's true that you're entitled to your opinions, but I think also... Well, you're, it is that phrase, you have to take that for what it literally means or right. you will misuse it. Yes. Right. Everyone is entitled to their opinion. Right. Exactly. That every, actually everyone, yeah. not just yes. you. Okay, well, here's <laughs> the thing. Every for, this human. Is, this is a broader, I guess, claim to make than, than just what we're talking about specifically. But I think you are simul- you simultaneously have to accept that everybody is entitled to their opinions equally. But you also, I think... If you want to be like the best person you can be, you also need to make it incumbent upon yourself to not just retreat into the like everyone has their opinion bunker. You know, you like that's a good baseline. But then on top of that, you need to also open up to the possibility of like expanding your own kind of breadth. Hopefully there's some respect for the fact that. You have your own opinions and beliefs, which are like acknowledging that your opinions are also opinions. Yeah. Not yeah and then being able to take that belief and put it on someone else and be like, oh, yeah, the things that I'm feeling inside of my brain are unique to me. Therefore, another human being has feelings that are unique to them. And right. we are peers in this. It is not that they are idiots because what's in my brain yeah. is canon. Exactly. Like, that's that's like. The ability to have a respectful discussion about things without, you know, the huge boobs were really well drawn. They were. It was actually a really beautiful game. And I have no problem. Like the funny thing about this review, if I can talk about it for one second, was like I actually thought the art was very beautiful, and I, you know, I thought the sort of playable characters were a little gross. Like they definitely have boobs bigger than their heads. Like that's that's you know what it was but i don't have so much of an issue with that and i didn't in that review as i did with like the women that were displayed as like just sex objects that were like legs splayed open like dying like you know like you could touch them in a sexual way and they would moan and that was what was gross to me not the like female playable characters that were exaggerated sure no i I totally get what you mean yeah yeah. there was that anyway But but anyway, they were very well drawn. They were they were beautifully drawn boobs. Women. So I feel yeah. because of that. <laughs> what? I don't know. I feel like maybe its overall review score should be higher and not acknowledge <laughs> the content. I mean, look, if you were yeah, to just right. break it down into the gameplay, the rendering, like technical aesthetics of the graphics, the fidelity of the sound effects, and the fun factor, <laughs> and the fun factor, and the tilt, and the X factor. Go ahead. If we fun take, factor and tilt. I take yes, take yes. those out, actually. Take those out because then those might lower the score. Just talk about... <laughs> don't talk about your experience playing the game. Yeah, exactly. Just talk don't, about... Don't tell me about the things I don't want to hear. Just tell me the things I want to well, hear. Yeah, I don't know. My, like, 
there are so many places to read game reviews now that all that I actually want is for game reviewers to explain to me their experience playing the game because I feel as someone who's interested in a game, I can then go and aggregate and find 15 people's experience with the game and I effectively then can use all of the reviews as a focus test of this game that I haven't played. Mm-hmm. It's so much nicer than if people just say what's in the game and don't say anything else. But also I can just go to objectivegamereviews.com or whatever <laughs> it is for, for that yeah. and read exactly what's in the game. Yeah. I think that person who runs that is a, is an idol. Who's to say if he is? Yeah, nice. Um, we don't. We don't say these things. Yeah. We don't say these things. That site actually is really. This is terrible because <laughs> it accidentally it. Have you actually read any of those reviews in depth? Like they're very tongue in cheek, but at the same time, you learn exactly what is in the game it's and true. how the game plays. <laughs> there true. is a surprising value in a purely objective game review. It's just not. It's not what it seems on face value, yeah. But, or what like, people well, say they want. I mean, well, it, the thing about it that's weird is that I think that it is, but it's not. Like, it, it's... Right, yeah. Because it's, it's the thing that people ask for, but it's not the thing that anyone actually wants to read in a review. What they want to read in a review of, oh, the Dragon's Crown? Dragon's Crown, yes. What they want to re- hear is, this is an amazing game, and anyone who likes it is amazing. Whereas <laughs> the, objective, the objective game reviews review of that would just be like, the player can select from 15 characters and they can execute this style of moves which can combine with these moves to produce this effect. Exactly. It contains yeah. this style of graphics. It is released by this company. Seven. Right. <laughs> like, exactly. But all that information is really nice because like, I, I find it legitimately valuable because the only place you usually get that sort of writing about these games is in previews. But in sure. previews, it's almost always written with the the mandatory optimistic maybe they'll pull this together and it's going to be great slant yeah. where it, like i kind of just want to hear what the what the game is like i just yeah. want someone to tell me what what you're doing it a couple times and then tell me what happened in it. objective game previews subjective game reviews basically yeah yeah we don't actually do previews at polygon because that's of the... probably for the best yeah it is. <laughs> i hated doing it not that so we don't much. play games obviously before they come out but like we don't do like a preview. You know, it's just you guys preview. just do news and then you write and then you review a game. Yeah, like and features. Yeah, too. Yeah, because yeah, a preview. I don't understand the point. It's of got it, so actually. much baggage with it at this point. I like that. Um, sometimes rock paper shotgun will just write very freeform impressions of a game they've played ahead of time. Like they don't conform to the preview kind of accepted yeah. format at all. They'll just have, uh, just some thoughts about it, which often takes like a very particular angle or something. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of thing's fine, yep. depending on the kind of game it is. But in general, previews as a practice, I think, are, are kind of pointless. Yeah, they're just, they're very difficult to get the tone right, I feel like. In in such a way that would actually be useful to somebody reading mm-hmm. the preview. Yeah, genuinely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cool. God, I was trying to find this story um, that this person read on the forums about uh, their child or, or niece, maybe, playing... Spelunky. I can't find oh, it. I remember that. Yeah. I just can't find where it was. I wanted them to write it into questions at lthumbs.net, but they didn't. So, whatever. Um, if you're listening, please send that into questions at lthumbs.net because I can't find it now. Um, let's see if I have something else I can read in the regular email. Um, uh, I had a game dream. Oh, did you? In between. <laughs> While you're looking for something. Yeah, oh, I, I thought you said I thought you gonna say you just had one just now in between. Oh no, no, I actually <laughs> had a real one. I had a real uh-huh. dream where I was playing uh, Alien Isolation, and it was set oh, somehow okay. in an office building. But there uh-huh. were alien, there were right. xenomorphs chasing after me, and it was really horrifying and terrifying. And then all of a sudden, I realized that the AI 
for the aliens were actually controlled by these like sort of bookish library librarian looking women <laughs> and like i i was less scared even though they still looked like xenomorphs i knew that they were right. they were now being controlled by these very yeah. nice women and so i was like you know i really want to just kind of hang out here in the middle of the room and check out the environmental storytelling this is the thing i said to like oh my god the Gross. ai and i was like i really want to read really these like files the... i want to read <laughs> these files let me read the files and they were like no you have to go back to your checkpoint like they were reasoning <laughs> with me they were like you need to go back to the last checkpoint because like this is how the game works like we were having this weird meta conversation yeah. while i was in this insane strange you were talking world. to the npcs I really and was trying to convince you to go back, but they were like real people. They Please were, play the way the game. I played this game was like they were actually real people in real life, and they were like controlling it somehow. Oh, the on the other end, the ones telling you to go back. And yeah, the librarians yeah. Like were like calling yeah. over from the death. Uh, please. But they were talking through the xenomorphs like mouths. <laughs> Do they have <laughs> it was the, really this, okay, weird. This is was this the kind of dream where you remember the voices? Were they like sort you of? Have to stop playing. Or was it like, or was it just like a mouth sort of, just the presence of the mouth? The presence of the mouth then just was had there. a voice saying, uh, "Could you please?" Like, like, no, you really have to go like, back. Like, not the lips were not moving. Right, but just sort right. Of the mouth was there, and your brain's like, "Okay, the voice is coming out of." Yeah, the mouth. I knew. Yeah. Like, I pictured the yeah. librarian, the woman who was a librarian. I don't know what they were like, kind of like sexy librarians. So I don't your know. eyes looked at the mouth of the xenomorph, but the xenomorph's brain was projecting librarian yes. into your brain, which you're, well, you, you basically then, your brain was then thinking that is coming from the mouth of this creature, even though it was a, f- a fucking abstract yeah, thought. It's it was exactly like that, and I just stopped being scared, and I just wanted to reason with them. I was just like, "No, come on, I want to read." this file there's all this interesting stuff about all these people that this, died I, here i like to read this lore yeah, I, it really was that it was really <laughs> dorky it was fun though <laughs> and i was controlling myself the way i would control a character in a game like i was really? running around like I, I felt like i was using my hand to like move myself oh man it was bizarre yeah anyway that kind of dream experience is always impossible to describe well, you're not actually imagining yourself right, sitting yeah. on a couch with a controller. I love dreams that have the art of have, the, Yeah, but yeah. you have the, like, emotional sensation of doing that. Yeah, you have the, f- the feeling of, like, yeah. dreams controlling that, myself. Dreams that, are ex- that exist inside of the abstract constructions of an entertainment medium, of, like, any other medium, are the best and weirdest. Where you, yeah, where yeah. you have dreams that you are controlling yourself like a game, or you have a dream that is shot from a third person thing like using cinematic yeah. language where your dream it's, it's just like, has like a slow movie. like yeah. your dream has a crane shot at it you're like what <laughs> is this how is this why is my brain yeah. why yeah oh it's so good it's fascinating yeah yeah dreams yeah it's it's weird that your brain has all these tools to construct these things and it makes me wonder what like primitive dreams like what dreams yeah. are constructed like when the tools of your culture are completely different. like would if you were in Shakespearean times, right. would you actually have dreams that then exist as theatrical constructs? In couplets, where you know, people yeah. Or like, where people are just like prancing and have like Jumping. theatrical, <laughs> shitty theatrical humor. Right. Like, not actually or if you just like, like theatrical humor is like, not actually shitty. Japan, yeah. And everything is like no drama. No, and right. yeah. like, oh my God, yeah. Kabuki yeah, do, theater. Do you get dreams that, yeah, because your brain is so fluent in processing narrative in those mediums, like is that mm-hmm. how your brain perceives things? I feel bad for saying shitty theater here, but you know what I mean. Yeah, what if you dream an opera? <laughs> yeah. I thought it's so fascinating. Well, I, I remember reading something. way tougher, but maybe. <laughs> yeah, but that would, this is the thing, though. It wouldn't have your to brain be would like just say it was pro- an opera, but yeah, your brain wouldn't, wouldn't have to, have to be have a compose fully it. produced opera. You it would, would just, just be people would sing nonsense with stupid melodies or maybe just a melody you heard that your brain rips off. Right. Or your brain just tells you that a melody is being right, played. Right, exactly. Without but it doesn't have to actually compose the, the music. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man, it's so fascinating. I mean, I remember reading something about, you know, people with deaf people or blind people and the way they dream is definitely like 
in weird synesthesia, not weird, like I don't want to make it sound like this is a negative thing, yeah, but like yeah. in different kinds of synesthesia than like, or synesthesia, whatever, mm-hmm. my accent, um, then, then sort of like the way a person with all their senses would dream, you know, like it's, God, just the way your your brain creates emotional context for every weird, bizarre impulse, and then you have this insane yeah, story when you wake up. Like it's interesting that you can have like first person and third person video games or games that at least have those those uh, like sensory input outputs firing at the same time. Like that just was not a brain didn't brain. have that before. Yeah. But you could backport that dream to Shakespearean oh, and blow their mind. Dreams. <laughs> And tie it all together. Inception 2. <laughs> this time it's about video game dreams. And there's a warlock who dreamt it oh, all. Oh, it's actually all the dreams. Ah! We now know what that warlock dreams about. Oh my god. He dreams about a skeleton. <laughs> <laughs> and then the warlock says, that's why skeletons fart that way. Cut to black. <laughs> God, if I this is, now I'm just imagining a like craggy warlock face filling the entire screen in like a multiplex. God, it's like, but it's not actually and a multiplex. That is why skeletons fart that way. It's not actually in a multiplex. It's someone dreaming with the boundaries of like a Panavision frame oh and a skeleton right. yeah, filling yeah, yeah, up yeah, that yeah, inside yeah, of their mind. Exactly. It's like, yeah. uh, <laughs> okay. Oh my god. God, gross. <laughs> it's pretty gross. <laughs> True. Um, yeah, to actually... To keep talking about this for some <laughs> fucked reason. This will all just loop back in on itself and become self-defeating when everyone lives inside of an Oculus Rift because then that's, your dreams will true. just be yeah. the same. How will you even know when you fell asleep? Wow. It'll, it'll just imagine, be imagine the same someone... shit that's happening as you walk around your house. God, imagine someone is saying that in the style of... Uh, <laughs> Of the, like the, of, the, of the Richard Linklater, a scanner darkly the counter reads oh, like, <laughs> how will people even know when they're asleep or awake? <laughs> like shitty vector. Like, yes. uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. If you could get the, if you could combine like Google Glass, combine and, Google Oculus Glass Rift, and Oculus Rift <laughs> <laughs> and just have the whole world rendered and in like whole world a rotis, like a, a rotis, <laughs> like a pseudo real time right. processing effect. That could just, as you fall asleep, it would just transition into beaming what, beaming a dream version of that into your brain. When you fall asleep, it just beams in a Fuck dream version. You. <laughs> if you could just combine. <laughs> oh, my, oh my god. So you fall asleep and then a dream version of you is beamed into your brain in Linkletter style rotoscoping? Yeah, but that also, when Whoa. you're awake, that's how you perceive the world. Because you walk around wearing your Oculus Rift and it's just applying... Like really advanced filters Wait, and so shaders. you fall asleep and then you would just see a third person view of yourself asleep but rotoscoped? I don't understand. No, no. I'm saying, okay. So I'm you... sorry, I was too busy making fun of you to hear what you were saying. <laughs> All right, so here, let me start this very important concept over here. This so episode you're... ending concept. <laughs> yes. So you're walking, you're walking around awake, presumably, in the world. Where wearing... so you believe. In the yeah. real world. In, yeah, in, in the real world space. inside the warlock dream. Uh, you're wearing this oc- <laughs> just in the regular real world, which you're walking around with an Oculus Rift on your face because everyone does that. Because everyone does this now, and as you walk around, 
what the what you see in the so Oculus it's like doing Rift. an augmented reality, but yes. putting but it's putting the rotoscoping it's putting on it. The, like, I, I everyone everyone voted and decided a scanner darkly was the best depiction of this. So that's just how the world is rendered in this <laughs> right. world. Exactly. So just we live in that world because it's all that's how we see through our Oculus Rift. Right. But then when you fall asleep, it knows that you're asleep now, and it just starts beaming a continuation of that into your head it's just extrapolating your life out plus some dream logic weird right. stuff exactly it's basically so, just playing so a your, blu-ray of a scanner so darkly to your brain what happens <laughs> is you just have your regular day and then you lie down in your bed but then you never fall asleep just like your walls fall down or something and oh my god for, this is for terrible. the next like eight hours just crazy shit happens and then you wake up and all that that happens is the world repackages itself and then you just stand up. But the thing is, it wouldn't have to. The fish floating through your dream could still just oh be God. seen by you when you're awake. In That's this... true. Maybe that stuff would wear off over like three hours. Or it, and then you know you're getting tired because it starts. It starts. <laughs> they become like sleep signifiers to you. Right. So like, exactly. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm so tired now. This is my sleep token or my some bullshit fish. phrase. Like an no one would actually get any rest because their brain would just be fucking fed all the time. That's, that's true. And then we would this all would die then, from lack of REM sleep. Then you would start yeah. having hallucinations. No, you'd be in REM sleep. I no, guess. it would be like the Next Generation episode where everybody, nobody gets REM sleep, so they start seeing like night terrors. The name of it is Phantasms, and I think it's in the fourth season or fifth season. <laughs> wow. <Sweet>. Yep. <laughs> Good so point. that one's probably got the HD treatment at this point. Yeah, probably. But, like if this thing. If you were unable to tell when you were asleep or awake, you would start hallucinating, which wouldn't be inside the headset, but, but the headset... would be able to distinguish it from... But then the headset would pick it up and incorporate it. Right, exactly. It would be aware of your hallucinations and would start designing narratives around them. Yeah. That are part of the At a certain experience. point, you take off the headset, but you actually don't. You just take off the headset inside of the headset using the hands that you no longer have. Yeah. So is your and brain then, doing the work here, or is the device doing the work? sharing the effort. At a certain okay. point, you cannot tell. Yeah, true. And then the fucking more warlock wakes now up, man. and then Jay Allard wakes up. Oh my no, god. No, the warlock wakes up, and then Alan Wake wakes up, but the act oh of him god. waking up, like, cracks all of his gross sweat skin, which then peels <laughs> off, <laughs> and it turns out he was Jay Allard all, the whole right, time, and we just all exist inside of Jay Allard's mind. Yeah. But then why are there PlayStations? Well, he's got to create. They're like, like those blood like, they, cells. They, they keep, the nemesis. Yeah, that's you <laughs> yeah, gotta have something like, to fight. He's got a balance in his brain. Yeah, I, somehow they're white blood cells. And Nintendo's also. there because everyone just kind of likes <laughs> Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, remember remember that period of time when well, it was the Wii, like, where like everyone's gonna have an Xbox yeah, the and a Wii. Fashionable thing to do was <laughs> yeah, as one of the other console executives was to be like, anyway, you'll have your Wii and our console, obviously. <laughs> right, and that's I mean that's yeah we talked about that to death before, but like that was just you saw. Like Iwata sitting in his control panel at E3, like <laughs> everyone will have their PlayStation 3 and their Wii, obviously. <laughs> everyone will have their Xbox 360 and their Wii, of course, <laughs> and their Wii, 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 Wii. <laughs> and then that was just what actually happened. Yeah. It feels like people are saying that about the PC now, not in the same way exactly, but it's like it's it's on the it's on the PlayStation, of course. And I mean, yeah, it's on the PC too. Right. Yeah. 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 Except they would that one they would never admit to. Right, because they can't. Yeah, because yeah, they can't talk about. They don't it. Have, really PC and Wii U is the winning They don't have to because people's parents yeah. still don't know yeah. really what a computer game is. It seems like culturally, like America's cultural parents are That's not true, aware yeah. of PC no, gaming true. as a medium. It's true. I, I mean, America generally, I feel like. Whereas America's it's... cultural parents were all about the fucking Wii, so you had to talk about it. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. This episode is an episode of Idle Thumbs, I guess. <laughs> Thanks for joining <laughs> us. Hooray! Goodbye and hello.
Good boy and hello. Yes. Thank you. Video games. Guys heard about that nature box? Nature box. Nature box should have some lobsters. (laughs) Oh my God. Sound tasty? Want to feel good? Go to naturebox.com slash thumbs to get not 10, not 20. Jake. 30? Nope. 40. Fuck you. 47%. Three more percent than that. 51%. One less percent than that. 50%. You're off your first box. 50% off. (laughs) Your first box. Oh, wow. <laughs> Naturebox.com slash thumbs. So I missed Lobsters this episode. And turtles. How much of that is actually the way that you talked as a kid before you became self-aware? 100%. 100%. So you forced yourself into having I really a more did. flat accent? Yeah, I really did. I, I was watching, actually, I was, this because is Because now that I know it, I occasionally hear it. Yeah, yeah. Best. People do once they actually know, um, for sure. Like, I was actually watching, like, videos home videos of myself as a kid recently i was showing my girlfriend she was curious this wasn't something i forced on her but she was just like holy shit you really talked like that like you it, you're not joking when you're when you talk about your accent yeah it's a it's a hundred percent my bobby dolls my you know i i play you know i didn't even play with bobbies that much but you know i like my ninja turtles i like my bobbies i had my, all my stuff you know how you doing how are you kids Hundred percent. My sister is in town right now, and we've been talking like this the whole weekend. And we both go in and out of it, like it's completely unconscious. We just go in and out of it. And we we uh, we had lunch with my cousin today, who is not from New England. She was born and raised here, but like her father is, you know, my uncle, who was born and raised with a hundred percent, you know, Rhode Island accent. And and when she greeted us, she was like, "You want to get an Alabama?" And she was just like, "What happened?" She's just like. We're hanging out and by osmosis, you said this thing, and my dad also sort of talks this way sometimes, and it was really, it was an inception kind of moment. It was crazy. Yeah, spread the mind virus. <laughs> you kind of did. <laughs> I only, also. like, I just said the word like, but I was about to talk. I mean, like, I, de- I came from here, so I sure. sound like this, except that I just said like 3,000 times more than I do now, which is still an offensive fucking garbage degree. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I mean, that is a thing. That is actually a thing. I I like. What? Jesus, I can't not do you it. You cannot. I can't not. It's horrible. Yeah, I, it's I, shitty. I recently decided I need to start being more conscious of that, and it's hard. Yeah. It's fucking hard <laughs> to not say like if you've spent decades living on the West Coast. Yeah, it's shitty. I mean, probably That's other places too. Extremely difficult. But oh my god, it's, I it's fully hard. cut hella out of my vocabulary. I think. Oh, I never had hella. Southern California, we didn't have. Yeah, that. I had that, but I definitely, I like like a lot. I super like like. <laughs> wicked was very difficult, and I still say it sometimes. Mm. I feel like you can get away with hot. wicked. It's wicked hot. I don't know. Wicked is wicked is one of those ones though that everyone, at least in America, just goes, "Ah, oh, he said wicked." Oh, it's true. Wicked. <laughs> oh, whereas Hella, it's like fuck you, <laughs> fuck you, Hella. That's garbage. It it's garbage. just fucking shit. It's wicked bad. So much better. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wicked. Wicked is like calling something wizard to me. Like, <laughs> just quaint. It's kind of nice. It's just know. like, yeah. Like, wicked is at least a real word. Yeah. Hella? Fuck yeah, me. Yeah, hell of, right? Is that what it's, it's supposed it's, to it's, be? It's a, it's a crunched down shitty contraction of hell yeah. of, which is also stupid. Like, it just, it, you can't even unpack it to something good. You know the worst? It was 
<laughs> the Mormon kids who would say hecka. Oh, yes! Oh, okay, no. goodbye. Farewell episode. Thanks, Nature Box. Nature Box, thank you.